Welcome to episode one hundred uh, two hundred forty-eight of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. Wow, we are off to an awesome start. Uh, this is episode two hundred forty-eight of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. I am your host, Patrick Rahal, but you can call me Patsy the Angry Nerd, and uh, I am here uh, deep within the bowels of Magenta Manor in the Pat Cave. And uh, we are brought to you, as always, by the Dorkening Network and Deadly Grounds Coffee. Once you go deadly, uh, you'll have to make a very difficult decision as to whether or not to go back. I am here not by myself and uh, not by, by my, not by myself by a long shot, stumbling over all my words. I haven't even started drinking yet. We are joined by my co-host on the show and my co-host in life, the Baroness of Bordeaux, the Countess of Cabernet, the Mistress of Merlot, the Real Housewife of Transylvania, the Michael Phelps of Wine, the Queen of the Monsters, and an honorary Lizzie. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Ashes Von Nightmare. This is the weirdest Mickey Mouse Club ever. Yeah, I don't know what kind of operation we're running here. But uh, like I said, we're not here alone. We are here with uh, podcaster and turtle enthusiast, Justin Cooper. What are my superpowers again? I'm not rich. You are a turtle enthusiast. <laughs> the turtliest. We I are, like turtles. <laughs> we are joined also by uh, one of the most patient people I've ever met, especially for the last half an hour. Uh, Stephen from Super Retro Throwback Reviews. Stephen, how are you tonight? I'm doing well for now. Uh, for now, yes. We are joined also by uh, you could, uh, judging by his shirt, you could, uh, and, and some of the, the remarks from Scaricon, you could call him Bizarro Patsy. Uh, it is Powerful Brandon. And he doesn't have any sound. So, yeah, no, I do. I do. I, I hit mute real quick. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Second Patsy, Bizarro Patsy. That's <laughs> apparently that's never going away. Well, you wore the Bizarro shirt and you dressed as me for Halloween. So listen, that, that, that I, I mean, I know we brought it up last time I was on here too, man. But like for real, <laughs> like that was that was my shining moment for Halloween. Uh, it was I, amazing. I'm never outdoing that ever. It's not going to happen. <laughs> We are also uh, joined by the most adorable member of Amalgamania. Uh, it's uh, Colleen the Conqueror. Thank you. Hello. Pleasure as always. <laughs> <laughs> we are also joined by uh, horror enthusiast, horror actress, uh, model, and uh, all-around badass, uh, Bloody Jess Snyder. Hi. Making her triumphant 912th appearance uh, on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a pleasure every single time. And we are last but neat. And last but not least, we are joined by the uh, grand exalted leader and uh, president for life of the Dorkening Network, uh, Leo Pond. And it turns out that if you make him say his name backwards, he does not uh, transform back into another dimension, which is a little disappointing. That that's good to know. Uh do I see it? <laughs> I said that wrong. <laughs> I didn't know we were talking about Russian guys. But, uh... <laughs> Why am I here? <laughs> so today we are uh discussing the uh lightning fast Snyder cut. Um I was uh, I, I was uh, talking with these fine folks off off air before we did this, and we have to make sure that everybody who is listening to this, if you have not yet watched the Snyder Cut, 
Um, spoiler alert! Yeah, they're gonna be heavy spoilers. Spoiler. spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! So we're we're definitely gonna be uh, delving into some heavy uh, theories about what's coming up next, which I hope is something good, and pretty much everything, all the differences between the other movie and this movie uh, that we can remember, and uh, you know our thoughts on all the different plot points, and um, so you have been warned. So this is gonna be a slightly different. Um, format that we usually do, and like normally we'll do our getting into character and take a break and come back and have our main discussion. This whole show is basically going to be the main discussion. So <clears throat> we're just going to get right into it. And um, I want to talk with someone who going into it did not have high hopes and he was not disappointed. Uh, Steven, please tell us about your initial thoughts going into the film based on what you had seen from uh joss whedon's version by the way as i like to say uh fuck joss whedon and um what were your thoughts as you watched this film like did anything were you like okay i like this quite a bit or were you all like hmm, exactly as i suspected and you twirled your mustache and, and swirled your glass of brandy Okay, so I did swirl a glass of brandy, but I did not throw my mustache because I don't have a mustache. Um, for the record, I've for the past month month and a half, I've been hammering this this movie down on my podcast, left, right, and center, breaking down everything that's been wrong with this and why people are grassroots campaigning this movie. But I will say there are. In an entire four-hour span, there was about like 10 or 20 minutes of it that made me chuckle or smile. 20 minutes out of four hours, really? But I get what Zach wanted to do. But I actually posted like a little mini rant on my YouTube channel today that if you're going to do a Snyder cut, then do it all Zack Snyder. Don't have... Joss Whedon's Zack's cut interluded with Zack Snyder's. That's just my opinion. <clears throat> it would have been a lesser runtime, which is fine with me. Also, too much slow mo. Mm. It, I, I can go on, but this is. A lot of people have said that about the slow mo. Now, see, I, I want to interject a point that. Uh that kind of contradicts the slow motion part of this. There were um, parts of this film, uh, most notably the uh, Wonder Woman opening scene in the, uh, in the with the kids that were taken hostage, yeah. which you did not get to see as much of in the Snyder cut. I mean, uh, in the, in the Whedon cut because he was too busy upskirting her. Um, but we got to see exactly how fast she could be. She moved so much better, more fluid, quicker, uh, with greater purpose in this version than in the uh, the the Whedon version that we got to see. Um, but she was that, fighting Bruce Bolton, so yeah. And in Bruce Bolton, I mean, he's a dick, anyways. Yeah. Uh, Did you see he had his armor on underneath that suit? What a jerk. I know, right? And they started playing the Reigns of Castamere, and she knew that things were uh, going to go south. But um, then she moved, she, the, the way she moved, the way she, like, you know, uh, slid across the floor as she was blocking all the different bullets. Um, you know, there was some of that from the original Whedon cut. 
but he really expanded upon it and made it faster. And that was like the first thing I said, I'm like, wow, for a guy who's known for his slow motion, like he's using a lot of sped up action here. Uh, Brandon, I saw you nodding. What did you think? About which thing that in particular? particular just... That particular scene of. Uh, oh, that scene was awesome. Uh, when Dara and I sat down to watch the movie and we got through it, like, you know, the, at the end and, uh, little girl's like, how do I be like you? It's like, well, be born on Thermoscara and have a God as a father first. But, uh, but seriously, I was kind of, um, positively so taken aback by how quickly she moved while doing all of that. And just the fact that there was more meat to that scene altogether in Zack Snyder's cut uh, versus uh, what I like, I call Justice League. <laughs> um, Very good. Yeah, like I, I, I separate it between like Justice League and the Snyder Cushions. That's that's how it goes. Um, <laughs> but I honestly, I, I, I'm not gonna lie. Like when she, it showed her move that quickly, uh, right when that started. Uh, as a comic book nerd and uh, movie nerd, I actually I literally turned to, to Darren and was like, I just I just got goosebumps. So I mean, for me, that scene right there that was a winner. Okay, that was that was a clear cut winner for me. Steven, did you did you prefer that scene to the Justice League, or you know, did you have any issues that you were like, this was good, but I feel you know a certain way about it? What the Wonder Woman thing that you guys yeah, are talking yeah, the about? Woman scene with the kids. That was fine. Yeah. Okay, you so you did like that one. I'm just trying to figure out like where what's what parts you liked, you know. So we're you know we again. I don't care if you hated every second of it. No, yeah. I the, like I just said. I there are 20 minutes of it that I liked, but one out of every 12 minutes. Can can I can I just ask a question? Like Stephen, you would um. You had said, you know, like, oh, if they were going to do a Snyder cut, that it should be, you know, full on like what Zack Snyder shot and none of what Joss Whedon had used. But uh, Snyder did not use anything that Joss Whedon shot. Everything that he used in the Snyder cut was what he shot. It was Joss Whedon who used bits of what Zack Snyder shot in the version he did that was released in the theater. It's just a, it's just a little bit of a difference there. I just want I just want to make sure it's not misconstrued that that Zack Snyder actually used anything that Joss Whedon had done. He he's actually been quoted as saying he would rather burn every last bit of that film than use something that he didn't shoot for it. Right. There are scenes I remember in the theater. Yep. Like I said, Joss Whedon used footage that Zack Snyder shot. It's not the other way around. Yeah, because Joss came in like halfway, like halfway through. They had done a bunch of stuff. Like some of the scenes, uh, the first one that comes to mind that I fucking hated so much was after Superman gets resurrected and he has the confrontation with Batman, and he kicks Batman into the car. Batman's like, "Oh, ooh, something's broken. Ooh, something's bleeding now. Oh man, yeah. oh, I'm bleeding. internal bleeding." Yeah. Okay, I will say one thing about that. Yes. One good thing, one redeeming factor about the entire whole mess a few years ago from Justice League. They fixed Superman's face. Thank freaking Christ. <laughs> well, well, once, once again, it's not, it's not so much about fixing Superman's face 
as much as it was about doing reshoots while he was doing Mission Impossible and they wouldn't allow him to shave the mustache. So everything that you see in Zack Snyder's Justice League was what was shot at the time that they were actually in production on that movie as Zack Snyder directed it. However, when he left on, due to the tragedy of his, his, his daughter's suicide, Joss Whedon came in and called people back to do reshoots, and that's why you have you know super weird-looking men. Because so it's not throughout the whole film. <laughs> that scene was that scene that he with the kid, you know, taping him on his phone was not in this movie. Yeah, yeah. right. That scene no. sucks. Just uh, real quick, um, you mentioned, uh, and unfortunately, you know, the reason why we had this was, you know, his daughter's suicide. Did you see that he put a suicide prevention poster? Yes, yes, and he and he knew, he he did it as a, a fantastic time for both suicide prevention and awareness and utilizing a line from Man of Steel that General Zod had sent as a broadcast across the entire world, you are not alone. So mm -hmm. it was it was it was interesting to see how that played out uh, like all together. I thought it was phenomenal that he lingered on that. Yeah. yeah. Um also, uh, just to go back a little bit, the Wonder Woman scene, I watched it right before uh, we connected, uh, both scenes, actually. So I pulled up the uh, uh, the Snyder cut and the uh, Whedon cut. And uh, one thing that I, I, you guys are totally right, there's so much speed, but you know, we do get a little more slow-mo, but I think that really emphasizes Wonder Woman's speed. And get it going into this you know before the wonder woman scene you know i was enjoying it but you know it was like you know maybe i shouldn't watch the whole thing in one night getting to that scene absolutely sold the movie for me just absolutely friggin' phenomenal and one of the uh big change was in the uh whedon cut she only jumps through the first floor and then throws a br briefcase up yeah which i mean if it was supposed to destroy four city blocks i mean like some of that blowback when it came back. Well, they didn't say that in the in the Whedon cut, I don't think. They say I, about blowback at the end of the film, but not in the beginning. Yeah. I uh, will say... They do say four city blocks, yeah. Yeah. And uh, also the timer, when they first turn it on in the uh, Whedon cut, it's at 20 seconds. When they do it on the um, uh, Snyder cut, it's like a full minute. And that, you know, the whole scene is just more realistic. Even though it is Wonder Woman, like, totally kicking ass and, you know moving as fast as the flash for well almost <laughs> steve what were you gonna say i will say there's more ray fisher in this than there was in the weed and cut and yep. i did like what they did with ray fisher especially there's one scene that actually i really really liked when he is getting to know his powers and he well cyborg thing and he gets into this his mind and he sees bank transactions and he sees the transaction of this homeless or lady that doesn't have any funds and just transfers it. And I liked that. Right. That was great. It's yeah. Yeah. It was a hard it, in lieu of doing all these backstory, like you do get to see his backstory, but it's like in lieu of doing an entire film because they didn't do that it's like okay let's give some backstory they did the same thing with aquaman which i liked you know that whole scene with willem defoe because you know he they show him you know having the attack with uh with uh steppenwolf and then he just shows up with the armor and the pentadent later and it's like where did you get that how do you have that all of a sudden and it's just like oh well he's aquaman you know it's like that's kind of dumb so ashes for you 
what was the uh because you haven't seen the 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 regular cut in a while mm-hmm. but what for stood, a reason yeah <laughs> what what stood out most to you that you remember from the first one compared to this one uh, the way that women are portrayed. I cannot stand the way that Joss Whedon writes and portrays women. I, 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 I absolutely despise it. It makes me just so uncomfortable. Um, so seeing the Amazonian women, you know, in all of their power and glory, the way that we see, you know, them uh, as Patty Jenkins portrays them, seeing Wonder Woman as Wonder Woman, you know, uh, in, in all of her power and glory and and standing up to you know and not complaining about her dead boyfriend every five minutes that was a big thing you know uh one of the 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 major qualms i had about the joss whedon version is that she was like oh my dead boyfriend oh my dead boyfriend i love somebody and now he's dead and oh my god my dead boyfriend and Have have i told you about my dead boyfriend right like she does mention him a couple of times in the Snyder cut, but it's during certain times Talking to show to empathy, right? Yeah. Yes. Like I've lost someone too. I understand what you are going through. And then you know? when she's talking um, to Batman, Oh, I know somebody who would have loved to fly this. Right. And that whole scene back and forth with her and Batman, with Batman talking shit about how she couldn't save him. And then everybody disbanding and leaving. That and doesn't happen. There's a, uh, yeah, she wasn't quote unquote nagging him, you know, and, and coming at him with some sort of different morality because they all agreed the best course of action was to go through this and resurrect Superman. It just made sense. Um, did you have any more on that? No, I thought that's good for now. So uh, we'll move on. So, Jess, uh, what was something that stuck out to you about this movie? I'm going to have to refer back. I mean, since we're still technically stuck on the Wonder Woman scene, how she actually at the end of that and she interacts with the little girl who is like just so awestruck and terrified at the same time of everything that just happened around her and everybody else is getting up to leave And she's like, are you okay, princess? While she, you know, just did all this badassery. Yeah, that was that was good for me. (laughs) Colleen, how about you? I have like four pages worth of things. (laughs) I noticed between the two, because actually when I went through and rewatched, it took me three times to get into the Snyder Cut. I mean, half of it was I was extremely sleep deprived. So I would get 40 minutes in and fall asleep. I get 40 minutes in and fall asleep. Because if you you look at it, um, because time wise, I played both the Snyder Cut and the Whedon version and also fuck Joss Whedon. I am 100% on board with that. I really cannot stand him in his portrayal of women at all. Um, but um, it isn't until almost 30 minutes in that there's the very first action scene in the uh, Snyder Cut versus uh, the Whedon version had like three action scenes at that point. So it kind of kept you engaged. And there was a lot of humanity um, put into Superman and the loss of him and its impact upon the world that was totally missing uh, from the Snyder Cut as opposed to the Whedon version. That's one of the one of the only things I'll really say 
um, in favor of uh, that other film is that it really knew how to connect emotionally uh, with its audience in the very beginning in speaking to the loss of Superman and um, the bits with the mom and Lois. Uh, it You didn't really get that as much uh, in the Snyder Cut. Specifically for me, it was because... Um, when you had like that scene with Lois going up to, into the memorial and whatnot in the Snyder cut, they have the worst, and whether it's the dirge over in Iceland, you know, when Batman goes to go visit Aquaman, whether it's the um, music that's going on over the background when she goes to the memorial, or it's the music when Aquaman walks away after saving that guy in the boat, the music is terrible. You and like the Junkie XL? way too long. Oh, I hated it. I hated it. I hated it. It ruined those scenes for me specifically. But the music that was chosen for the other film seemed to be something that connected more easily. And he didn't dwell in areas he didn't have to dwell. Like there were so many bits and pieces where I think Snyder really went on because he could and because there were more footage of certain things that weren't uh, shown versus, um, you know, just snipping it down when it's, when it's done, it's done. And when, you know, you can put up something emotional and have it displayed quickly, he, he, he loses it, the audience by not doing it in the proper cut or the proper way. But that's just me. Like overall, I think, um, I'm, I'm good with the film. <laughs> I really like what happens like from 40 minutes on after, but it's getting to that point that was hard for me anyway as a viewer see i i disagree with that because uh one of the things that you don't get is the whole morality uh in, in the whedon cut is the whole morality of whether or not to bring superman back and snyder actually set this up you have to look really closely but the shockwave thing that happens at the beginning as he's dying yeah that wasn't bad like well, well what i'm saying is you see that in batman versus superman Mm -hmm. like it's subtle, but it's there. And that was, you know, Snyder's way of I'm setting this up, you know, as like this is like a beacon to the mother boxes as, OK, they've lost their Kryptonian. We can come in now and we can we can uh, assault this world with impunity because mm -hmm. there's no one that can stand up to us. Right. And. Mm -hmm you never really like you you hear that a lot throughout and like the whole scene where they're trying to debate you know do we bring superman back and then like the mother box through uh cyborg pops that image of superman up you know and then you know batman saying like yeah like the mother box itself just told us that this is the right thing to do because it never activated even after it turned on and turned cyborg into turned victor stone into cyborg it shut right back down because it has this intelligence and it knew that there was a kryptonian on the planet and it didn't call out to steppenwolf or darkseid like that whole thing to me really drove home the loss of superman and I think what this movie did uh, a lot better than the, the, the first version is that it made Superman more a part of the team as opposed to why do we even have a Justice League? All we need is Superman. You know, like the scene, the, the, I, I'm so glad they cut out that Russian family. Yeah. Scene yeah, where, a great cut. Where he's 
the Flash is pushing the car and Superman flies by with that giant friggin uh, apartment building full of people or when Flash is like almost at top speed, but Superman catches up to him and starts talking shit to him like, oh, you're slow. Like, like I get Superman is is, you know, Superman and like that's his his role is to be the best at pretty much everything. But you can't say this guy is you know the 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 fastest the fastest man alive with an asterisk like either he is or he isn't well, you have to understand too even in even in justice league that's wildly inconsistent from what was set up when they first throw down with superman after he's resurrected because regardless of the fact that superman did that like side eye thing and saw barry and and threw everyone else and then went after barry barry was still faster than him Yep. He yep. couldn't hit Barry. So for Superman to show up and then suddenly be like, oh, so, <laughs> so that's top speed, huh, Judd? That, that makes no sense with None. what we have seen earlier. None. Yeah. Yep. So it does make sense that um, Barry will not have the strength to withstand actually hitting Superman, which he does and falls down backwards afterwards, which mm -hmm. is, uh, you, you had said to meme earlier about how he sees Ben Parker on that. But, but yeah, um, it. I mean, you know, if, if you're looking at like the physical science of the speed force and all that, there's also where he can't hit something uh, fast enough. Uh, he doesn't have the strength and the mass behind it to hit Superman, really. Yeah. Right. He's using the infinite mass punch, which I mentioned. Yes. Uh, Ezra Miller was my favorite part of the Joss the the Justice League, um, and he was also my favorite part of this Zack Snyder. His cut. facial expression, like when he turns and Superman's looking at him out of the corner of his eye, he's just like, <laughs> so great. Like I, I, I will, I will say one little one boy thing. right there. Yeah. <laughs> That's yes. what that was. One thing I, I did think was done, like it was a good addition in Justice League versus the Snyder Cut is uh I, I kinda wish that it had been it, it had been set similarly. Um is that when they are talking about bringing Superman back in uh Justice League, they you know, Barry himself is just kinda like, How do we how do we know he's gonna come back the way we want him? It could be like it could be like Pet Cemetery, and then when they go and they see that Clark is about to like try to lay waste to them, he's like, oh, Pet Cemetery, and it, it really tells the audience like, oh, this is exactly what's happening. Uh, and I just thought that was a really like a very good shortcut to letting yeah. the audience know like what was happening. And and th there wasn't anything like that to to kind of give you an idea that it might happen, that it could be a possibility inside Zack Snyder's uh, Justice League, which. I feel like it was a missed opportunity. Yeah, well, well, mention it. Like he did mention something. Like, is he going to be the same as you know yeah. if he comes back? Like, you lose something or something along those lines. Yeah, uh, I just thought it was a great a great reference point. You know, uh, especially for you know being a, a, a you know Stephen King nerd as well. So that was you know. It's, yeah. Oh, nuts. <laughs> so, I, I had I had a, a, an observation. And this is a, a, a slight change, uh, but it's also setting up the future Flash movie as well. Uh, and, you know, for the final showdown later in the in the film, when we see uh, in the, the, the Joss version, you know, the whole resurrecting Superman thing and like talking about like, like, oh, it's super easy, barely an inconvenience. Like 
Cyborg says to him, says to Flash, you have to touch this right as it's hitting the fluid. And even as they slow it down, the thing's already in the fluid before it's touched by Barry. In yeah. this version, we see the same thing happen, but Barry goes just a little bit faster and kind of reverses things so it comes out just enough that he can charge it the way it's supposed to charge. That, I thought, was a very nice touch. And one ah. line was in both versions. Yes. One line <laughs> that was in both versions, and I kind of com commented on it the first time, when he's visiting his dad in jail, and he says, you have to make your own future. And then you know, knowing what we know about Flashpoint and then that line coming back at the end of the movie. Yep. Well, uh, what was what was great about Barry being able to reverse it slightly so he was right on time to touch it was that it sets up what we see him do mm -hmm. when the unity completes in Russia. Uh, at that point, it's been established now in the movie that he is capable of doing it. He's just never done it to the level that we're about to see him perform it. And I thought that scene was absolutely fucking incredible. Yes. I love the ground forming backwards under his feet as he's going. Like, that was, I, I, I straight up said, I was like, I have ridiculously high expectations for the Flash movie now. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I, I was just going to say that uh, he also mentions that, you know, he, he's breaking his only rule as well. Just like Batman does. <laughs> he was. And um, with Barry himself, um, one of the things that they did really good in the Snyder Cut was um, in that whole moment where they're rescuing the people from... Um, um, Sorry, like, yeah, there's like random fireworks <laughs> outside my building. It totally threw me off. Um, but yes, when they were rescuing all the people from Steppenwolf, a couple of the changes they made um, to Barry himself uh, were one, they didn't have like that moment with him where he was panicking and saying, oh, I don't know if I can do this. And, you know, I don't do so good around murder and this and that. Like he was he was relatively a little bit more confident in himself mm -hmm. when he was out there doing it. And then another thing uh, was you see him uh, going back and forth with people uh, in the speed force and they don't have him do that in the Snyder cut. Like you just see him like um, coaxing people along like, Oh, you're doing great. Like, how you doing? Like going back and forth. And I thought that that was interesting. Like, I'm not sure why they did that per se, but. Well, I also, maybe would they be damaged with him carrying them? Yeah, that's, that's what I thought, but they did it in the Whedon version. So I was like, well, maybe that's, you know, it goes along with something they're trying to do. I've always, I've always kind of, that's been an issue uh, for the Flash, generally speaking, even in right. comic books. Like, how can he move so quickly and move people along, you know, holding them and so on and so forth? Um, and, and the best explanation for that is, and I know it's a bit of a cop-out, the Speed Force. Mm -hmm. I mean, once once he's touching them, they, they are going to have the benefit of his connection to the speed force so it's not quite like uh x-men um days of future past, past where it's like you know whip lash and you know he runs them out um that makes a lot of sense but considering that we're only talking about like a mutant in that movie that can move very quickly versus a guy who is connected to some transcendental force that allows him to move that fast 
I mean, we can suspend disbelief enough, I think, to be like, oh, well, you know, when he's using the speed force, the speed force is also something he can use to save people, not just with his speed, but by virtue of its presence. So I'm willing to to say, like, that's the reason why no one would get hurt. They should though. Yeah, Do you guys ever see The Explorers, the movie from 1984 with um, River Phoenix? Yeah. Okay, so yes. they're inside. Yeah, yeah. They're in. So that's what I think of. I think of when they're inside the spaceship, inside that bubble, they're technically moving as fast as that bubble, but only the bubble is experiencing what's going on outside. That's why they had to bring in their own oxygen, but they're inside that sort of uh, bubble. Yeah. That's, that's my explanation. It's a fun yeah. movie, Pat. You should check it out. Well, Jeff I was... said something, but uh, I think a bunch of people were talking. <laughs> what? You had said something, but like several people were talking at the same time. I don't remember what it was. Oh, I was just saying uh, that, like, we were the speed force, you know, theory, the you know, the whole physics theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, that yeah, it was a matter of like how is he moving that fast and they didn't just like evaporate or like shatter when he stopped yeah right well, I figured that that maybe that was one of the things they were setting up like when they had that scene with him and the girl getting in that car crash and and he her so delicately <laughs> as yeah. opposed to just grabbing Iris her West. yeah <laughs> yes yes Iris, <laughs> uh, which that was a very wonderful meet cute i thought that was nice yeah. Um, because but, got a hot dog. Yes, <laughs> I lost my shit. <laughs> I, I was sitting there. I was like, "Well, you know, he does need, you know, <laughs> that's, that's a massive amount of food because of the metabolism he has." And then I, I had no idea he was going to be sitting there like feeding it to all the dogs. Like, so I started. It was brilliant. <laughs> it was pretty brilliant. But you know the best that. Of us. That scene where he rescues Iris, uh, which, by the way, I was so happy to see Kiersey Clemens in the movie. Uh, I, I, I really like her. I don't know if you, you all have seen her in anything else. Uh, she, she had a small role in New Girl a while back, uh, and she's also in this independent movie I saw a couple years ago called Hearts Beat Loud. It's incredible. It stars her and uh, Nick Offerman as her dad. Get Check it out if you have the chance. I think it's on Hulu, uh, but she was cast as Iris West and we have had no idea whether or not she was going to be in the new movie up until very recently. And thankfully she is going to continue with the role. Um, just super talented. She's super adorable. Uh, but when, when he saves her from the car, that in and of itself, when he stops her, like gets her on the ground shows you that he has more control over an object or person's inertia than you may think initially, because if she were to continue on after getting hit by that, after hitting that truck and flying out, I mean, he shouldn't have necessarily been able to just slowly move her and then put her down on the ground. Because even when it all stopped, she should have kept went going. across the blacktop. Unless he redirected the energy, though. That's, well, that's, that's what I'm saying. He, he, yeah. controlled, he controlled her inertia. Uh, well, yeah. So, so I, think, I think that right there shows you that you know there's a little bit more than he just runs fast or moves fast yeah yeah uh during um his talk with batman uh didn't he mention about his mass changing too within as he approaches the speed of light yeah Yeah. Mm. 
So yeah, I mean, he said, that, he said that funny he, things happen when he approaches the speed of light. Was yeah. it? Yeah. Punch. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 we're gonna see that in the in the in the Flash movie. Yeah. Um, that's a Grant Morrison construct, isn't it? I don't know. Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. That's from uh, the new New World Order, where uh, they were fighting yeah. the White Martians. So we, we I think just, we just the, the best the best. Oh stuff, yeah, the, some of the best stuff for the Flash. Uh, it was developed by either Grant Morrison or Mark Wade. Mark Wade. Yep. Yeah. Mike. Oh. Wade? No, that's Mark Lynch. Oh. <laughs> I, I just Mark, uh, mentioned one thing that uh, I'm also glad they took out uh, with the Flash is uh, that stupid scene with him falling on Wonder Woman's chest. That, yeah, that, yes. that was a big deal, man. Gal Gadot, she actually fought Joss Whedon on that on set, and that is actually her stunt double on the ground, not her. Yeah, because that's what Joss Whedon does. So once yeah. more, everybody in the back, fuck Joss, fuck Whedon. Joss Whedon. Yep. Fuck Joss Whedon. Fuck Joss Steve, Whedon. Steven, I have a question for you. Yes. The uh, not-quite-post-credit scene of Lex Luthor on his boat. We've seen that already. No, we didn't. No. Nope. What did you think of this version compared to Joss Whedon's version, where he's like, "Ha, hey, we're gonna start the Legion of Doom." <laughs> Accurate. This, where he drops the fucking bomb. Oh, you don't like Batman? Oh, it's an eye for an eye. Like, which I like that line. Uh, <laughs> by the way, he's Bruce Wayne. Oh shit. Maybe we do have something to celebrate. Like. What did you okay. think of those two? From what I remember, to answer your question, from what I remember, in the theater when I saw the weeding cut, I was so face palming my, like my hand was so far up in my brain that I missed that post credit scene that I didn't even care. So seeing this, you know, I was like, okay. Have you have you seen it since though? Like, have you seen that post credit scene that 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 he's talking about? From the weed in one, yeah, I saw it on YouTube. Okay, no, that, so you've seen it. I, I count that as seeing it for sure, for sure. I was just curious. That's that's all, because you know. But um, yeah, I mean, I prefer this one over the weed in one. But to me, they're they're just the same. But I know they're different. But they just the setting. I'm talking about the setting. This the is setting is the same. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And that final that final reveal of like, oh, that's not him. How'd he get out? And then getting to see uh, what's his face, you know, Joe Manganero show up. Like that was cool. Mr. The first Sophia time. Vergara. Oh yeah. Um, but the whole uh, the whole thing with uh, like the the dialogue was so different. It wasn't like mm, I'm a cartoon and I make little Mickey Mouse noise. Like <laughs> that is very true. Yeah. I, I think that those are two oh, of the most mid-class people in the film, though. Like when, when you talk about Lex Lex Luthor and uh, Joe Manganiello, I think of the two most miscast people in the film. Even even with the small amount that we get to see of Joe and his like fake-looking beard, you know, um, th that would be a big issue that I had, just because nobody really wanted uh, Jesse Eisenberg to play Lex Luthor in the first place. So bringing him back out is kind of like salt to the wound. Yes, I know we need him because he's in the movie and he's integral, but you know I don't want to see any of this little, you know, crap that he's doing with uh, with Deathstroke. And where's this even going? You know, I think it's setting up the next Suicide Squad. Well, no, that was actually like in in the Snyder Cut. That was setting up uh, the Batman. 
the movie that Ben Affleck was going to be doing as Batman. Okay. Um, yeah. Whereas, whereas, um, insofar as Jesse Eisenberg, I mean, one, I yeah, part of it is they cast him, so yeah, they. They cast Kevin Spacey was apparently in jail. Oh wait. <laughs> well, that's a completely different thing altogether. I mean, <laughs> Superman Returns has nothing to do with this, and that's <laughs> probably for the best anyway. I'm gonna just address the elephant in the room, and I've said it multiple times. I have no issue. I have no issue with Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. I don't either, man. I have. I mean, let me put it this way. By the time Batman v Superman ended, I, especially with the Ultimate Edition, mm-hmm. as a as a huge Superman uh, geek altogether, like Superman's my favorite character. Um, I, I mean, like I said, for crying out loud, my my dog's name is Otisburg from Superman the movie in 1978. Um, even you know, I love Superman, even though I look like a, a fat bearded Lex Luthor. I I understand the the irony there. When I when I finally saw how he finished up, I was like, "All right, I get it. We're we're seeing a, a different take on the character. I'm not saying that it's something that I enjoyed seeing the genesis of throughout the movie, but this is our first exposure to him through the eyes of Superman, through that world, and for him to be like someone who was born into." Luther Corp slash Lex Corp, as opposed to the self-made scumbag that we know him to be from the comic books, as at least since John Byrne started writing him in 1986. Uh, by the time it finishes, you realize like, oh, maybe this guy has become a bit more unhinged. And of course, he has the the classic shaved head at the end. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of left it at that. I was like, all right, we, we could probably see more from that because I have faith enough in Jesse Eisenberg moving forward to get a bit more direction and have maybe a more fully fleshed out arc in a like future Superman project or whatever. And when I saw him at the end of justice league, I was just like, what the fuck happened, man? Like he got the look down for sure. But like, did he really just say to Deathstroke, we should form a league of our own? Like, is Tom Hanks about to pop out and tell me there's no crying in baseball? This is bullshit. <laughs> and so when I saw the Snyder Cut the other night, and he straight up was just like, oh, eye for an eye, blah, blah, blah. And then he was just like, how about this? Bruce Wayne. I was like, oh, this is a Lex Luthor that's seriously not fucking around. Yeah. Like, that's, that's a ruthless, that's cold healthy. motherfucker right there. Yeah, that, that from Jake is Gillen. Lex Luthor. Yeah. <laughs> So but I'm no just, Mysterio. I think I think if given the opportunity to play the Lex Luthor we expected initially when he when he was cast when they were we knew the character was going to be appearing in Batman v Superman, I, I think working his way over to become that, I, I think we we would have been impressed with what he did. Uh, but I don't think it's anything that we're gonna have to worry about too much in the future. Mm. So one of the things that I really appreciated about the Snyder Cut was I thought that it did a better job of setting up uh, a potential future for the DC cinematic universe. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The epilogue especially. You know, I mean, we know that there's going to be another Suicide Squad, a new Suicide Squad or, or like a reboot or, or whatever you want to call it. There's going to be... The Suicide Squad. 
Right. But, you know, they, I think they did a really good job of setting that up. They're setting up uh, Flashpoint. You know, they're setting up all of this, you know, from the, the Justice League uh, to this one. You know, the DC universe has a future. Oh, absolutely. And they have this, they Zach, I don't think. And Zack Snyder has really laid out some of the groundwork for it as far as these characters go. They even do it in justice. So, I mean, if you notice that little pregnancy test next to yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Did, you see, did you see what the brand name of it was? <laughs> Force <No>. majeure. Yeah. <laughs> French for Fire beware. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like a little on the news, don't you think, Zachary? The funny thing is her health insurance doesn't cover against that. <laughs> That's right, insurance jokes. We've got them. <laughs> um, I, I just want to touch a little bit on what Ash has talked about was um, you know, re sort of like refreshing or rebooting uh the DCEU. This also does a lot of repair uh to what yes. uh Suicide Squad did. Uh that scene with jared leto as joker mm. oh my god that's how joker should have been in suicide squad thank I you a lot of no. good you know tattoo removal places in the future <laughs> <laughs> well yeah. i mean we do i mean they have said that there was a lot more joker that was cut out of that movie that's you know mm -hmm. it's a whole different issue but i mean we, we're talking about the snyder cut there the other movement that it started concurrently with that is uh, released the air cut, which people are fighting to have an air cut of Suicide Squad done. I said people, not me. Great. I will, I will say this. Be Steve can hardly contain his excitement over this. <laughs> yeah. air cut. Steve's, Steve's, he sent me all the petitions. He sent me like six petitions. For no. For the record, <laughs> I encountered one person with a petition that was at New York Comic Con back in 2016. Someone came up to me with a piece of paper saying, "We want the Snyder, the Snyder cut." I was like, "Fuck off." <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing I want to, I you know, now that we talked about the Joker at the end of this, let me say that entire scene when I was all. holding Harley Quinn in my arms as she bled oh, out. And she wants me to kill you and make no mistake, I will fucking kill you. Like that shit, that's what I want to see. What yes, the please. fuck happened yeah. there? Right. So, Can I just say something about uh, Jared Leto here? Um, there, um, there is no amount of dialogue that you can give that man where he will be anything other than everybody's last Joker on their list of all time Jokers, no matter what. So there is only up for the man, and he can't. Who's the next one? He's going to beat Caesar Romero. He's going to beat yeah, Jack Nicholson. Caesar Romero is the only one he could pass. It's, it's like <sighs> Caesar Romero loses points for never shaving his mustache and just like makeuping over it. I did not realize he had a mustache until I was well into my teens. I am not ashamed <laughs> to admit that. <laughs> I can't I see it. I mean, you know, I, I don't see it. <laughs> Joker, the, the, that in this nightmare thing that, that at the end, when he said that, or in the trailer, or whatever, I don't think he said it at the end, but when he said, We live in a society, I was hoping that they didn't merge this Joker with Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. I would have been livid pissed. Oh, the, yeah, the society scene wasn't in there. It, that was just yeah. that was yeah. put in the trailer, and I was just like, that was. Well, I think I think they were really just shooting for him being in that moment, uh, an amalgamation 
of what we've seen from particularly the past few incarnations of the Joker. You'll notice he had some slight scars around his lips. Yep. Yep. You know, he had the longer hair like Arthur Fleck. Yeah, still the, the messed up teeth that he had in Suicide Squad. You know, he was going. They were going for a combination, so that way it evoked pretty much any version of the Joker you wanted it to. Uh, whenever you whenever you looked at it, so I think that that was a move that was set to please everyone and no one at the same time. Yeah. The thing that I thought was the best touch right before uh, uh, Ash gets her point in, the thing that I thought was the best touch for that scene was how Batman's cowl didn't quite fit him, so it seemed like he was emaciated, maybe malnourished. I thought that was a great fucking touch because they're living in this post-apocalyptic world where, you know, it's not like, you know, he's going to be eating the same cuisine, like, like uh, Alfred, bring me my pheasant under duck. Uh, quiet, Mr. Wayne, indeed. Mm. Uh, ashes, you could have gone goodwill hunting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the sound of that. <laughs> I had some apples. Oh, how do you like them apples? Um, uh, how do we like them, Will? <laughs> <laughs> How's Matt Damon doing, by the way? Matt um, Damon. <laughs> here's the thing Jared Leto can act. Jared Leto is a fantastic Academy Award winning actor, not to mention. Very good looking. Shout out to anyone who watched my so-called life. Uh, yeah. Takes him 30 um, seconds to get to Mars. <laughs> okay. I, I'm a fan I of that. I prefer the kill. Um, but, but anyways, it was nice to see him uh, as the Joker. Not be a caricature of the Joker. Right. Like as the Joker. And, you know, uh, I would have Joker. loved to have seen more of that. I mean, well, I, well, you, you can no, if you just watch the little things. <laughs> didn't hate him in Suicide Squad, but I just felt that it was lacking. So whether it was the editing, they cut stuff out, or or whatever happened, um, I liked what I saw. Yeah, I thought he was he was good in this role. Um, I thought he. Uh... No, are they setting up for more of him? Well, if the I think with the Flash movie, because the Flash movie, you only have uh, right now confirmed like five people. And it's like, you know, uh, uh, Ezra Miller, um, Kiersey Clemens, Kiersey Clemens, uh, somebody playing Barry's mom, uh, Ben, ben Affleck, Affleck Michael, Keaton. Michael Keaton, which I think is nuts because Michael Keaton is playing Bruce Wayne slash Batman. So, so no uh, Billy Crudup on on the docket there. Uh, he, he's not there, but it doesn't mean he's not. You know, like I wonder if we'll see Carla Gugino somehow pop up. That'd be interesting. Oh, he does like using a lot of the same people. I, I get it. So uh, we, we all know how uh, correct IMDb is, but according to IMDb, uh, Jared Leto is in an untitled Joker Holly Quinn project and an untitled Jared Leto Joker project, and also Tron 3. And uh, Ashes, if you want to see more of him uh, as a Joker, did you see Little Things? No, I did not. Oh. It was really good. Yeah, it's him like like playing a psycho, and it, it's okay. just amazing. Yeah, really Yeah, I've heard, I've heard 
good things he about it. Well. I haven't had time to sit down and watch stuff yet because I had to, you know, sit through four hours of the Snyder Cut. So, you know, that that ate a lot of my time. Um, and that's I think that's my only real gripe with this is the fact that it's four hours. I hope he does Thank his character like, from I fell asleep Runner and, and I Tron didn't 3. mean to, but like Homegirl was tired. It's four yeah. hours of bliss. I didn't feel like it was four hours. It didn't feel like that to me. Yeah, no, I, it, I it went by for me too. No one has talked about Dark Side yet. Can I just say that? Like, literally changing the bad guy in the movie to who it should have been is so huge. That was brilliant. It yeah. was impressive. It, absolutely. That's it the first impressive. hour of the movie. We go through just about an hour, and then we see freaking Dark Side and a Green Lantern. Come on, oh, yeah. David Tulis. That's impressive to change the entire narrative of the film that you go in expecting something and it's like, oh, this guy doesn't look the same. Okay, he doesn't sound the same. Yeah, and we don't see him holding his own against Aquaman and Wonder Woman. We see him getting his, you know, ass beat by Aquaman, but that's about it. Then we see his boss who got messed up and had to leave. This is a huge difference in this film. My seeing that CGI Green Lantern brought back war memories and this <laughs> the brain performed an illegal operation and was shut down and I said fuck off Snyder I, Here's my I don't, see I don't get the hate on the Green Lantern movie yeah I mean it's it's such a different thing though I mean just because there's a Green Lantern that showed up in this I mean it, 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 honestly that's the only thing that could make you connect it to that abomination that we were subjected to. Because, I mean, it doesn't even – there's no way anyone looked at that. Was that was that Ryan Reynolds I just saw? No! That no, was not Ryan Reynolds! There's, that's not even a fucking human! <laughs> My biggest issue with, uh, with this movie was – how bad the CGI was like you have Thanos looking like he's actually interacting with people, you know, four years ago. And these guys look like it's like they didn't use mocap. They just added in like computer generated graphics afterwards. I will absolutely say that the comparison of Steppenwolf's CGI uh, from the old one to this one, I was actually impressed. Yeah, I agree. I thought it was awesome. Did you like his tail? What? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't see they gave him like a like a rear loin cloth and it looked like a tail. Yeah, that. <laughs> well, his whole his entire ar armor like it breathes. So I like that. Yeah, I liked yeah. his his upgraded armor. Yeah, when, it has no when, when I first when I first saw what it was supposed to look like, I was a little I was a little skeptical because I saw like those spikes and everything on it. But once I saw it in motion, I realized that it was reactive to whatever mm -hmm. the situation was for him, and otherwise it just looked like herringbone. Yeah, I was on board. I thought it looked amazing. Not only that, uh, his expression, his facial features, were. No about a trillion times better than what we saw in Justice League. Like, when you, you could, I mean, not to say, like, I was moved or anything, but you could see how, like, devastated he was when he was told, oh, no, you need to conquer, like, 50,000 more worlds before we'll even consider letting you come home. I was like, oh, shit. 
he had like big cat eyes. Like he just yep, yep. like a big sad <laughs> ox. And I was like, okay. Yeah, that's fair. I, I I I did think that the armor looked like the underside of like a a, a starfish, but uh, I didn't. I, once I saw that it actually served like a purpose, like when when it like cut away all those like uh, Amazon arrows and like just knocked them back, I was like, oh okay, like that. I guess it does something, so it's functional. Because so. it's functional, <laughs> <laughs> right? It's like a dress with pockets. Wear it on a night out. <laughs> Dinner with friends. <laughs> well, also him grabbing like uh, from his uh, armor uh, that like star creature to read the minds of the oh uh, the little little Spider Man. Yeah. I swear they were going for Starro there. Same here. Yep. Oh, even the same thing. Next Starro on their face. I was so excited about it. <laughs> I think Starro is going to be in the uh, in the uh, the. He's going to be the bad guy in uh, the new Suicide Squad, and I think he's going to be voiced by Taika Waititi. Oh, I that, was <laughs> that would be amazing. Oh, yeah, I think you guys, you guys, I'm just gonna just gonna take over your minds. <laughs> so I would not be mad. Yeah. I also thought that this the the Snyder cut did a better job. Of introducing the rest of the Justice League, so introducing oh, yeah, oh god, absolutely, you know the it, Flash and Cyborg. You know, I, I thought it did a, you know, obviously uh, Wonder Woman had been introduced because she was introduced in you know Batman v Superman, but um, you know I think it did a really good job of introducing all of these other characters. You know, keeping in mind that this film came out, you know, before the Aquaman solo film and. You know, before we knew a little bit more about some of these these characters. Yeah. How about that scene with the mother box where Stephen Wolf shows up and then all the Amazons are attacking? The sheer difference in seeing that, and I watched the the Whedon one like a day before, and then I'm like, yeah. wait a minute, there's a lot more going on here. How like, about yeah, all the Amazon of color is like the key point Amazon that was talking to the queen. Like in both the opener where like they notice the mother box is on and then she's the one that talks to her or where in the uh, Whedon one, they're all whitewashed for the most part, except for a, a couple extras in the background. Well, and, and no, there's a, uh, I forget her name. It's like Epony or something. I, they, they had it on Epony. the uh, Epony. Yeah. She's there. She's the one that was in the Wonder Woman movie who was training yeah. like the blacksmith or something. She's always been in there. Like you see her in both versions. Uh, another big thing that was missing from uh, the Whedon version was when they're sealing the doors, um, yeah. you think, okay, well, they can just escape later. And then, but to see what actually happens, how it falls into the ocean, how they knew everybody was sacrificing their own lives. That was huge difference. Yeah, yeah. they didn't know oh, that. Yeah. No. Yeah. My only issue with that scene is why doesn't, why does she have to run so far to get a horse? <laughs> Like, why weren't the horses scared? <laughs> I think it also gives us a uh, geographical idea of, you know, yeah, we have these this tribe of women, which, you know, when you think of tribe, you don't necessarily think of how big that kind of a community is, but for that to fall into the ocean and then we get the fact that they have to go super far just horse and then they have to go super far to go find the other girls in the village you know it's 
it's they they have this huge landmass all to their own, you know, because the Amazons have to cut themselves off from the rest of the world because the rest of the world is like, you know, fuck anything that's not like us. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I mean, what in in definitely like what you're saying there too is like they they lost they just lost so many uh, women in the the destruction of that building to try to stop Steppenwolf, and he of course bounds out with the parademons and comes at them, and by the time like he's ready to you know bounce in the ounce with the mother box, look at how many more Amazons showed yeah. up to take his ass out. Like mm-hmm. holy shit! And notice like, he got out of there right quick. Yeah, I'm out of here. A, he did. Yeah. It, it was like the Spartan 300. <laughs> the Battle of Thermopylae. Yeah, Thermopylae. Uh, another thing I wanted to to bring up, which I love that they took out, was the parademons. How Batman was tracking them and how they smell fear. Uh, oh, at the beginning. Yeah, yes. yeah, and as uh, you know they really focused on their following the mother box, the scent of the mother box, not that they're smelling, you know, fear in there. And that's not, and that's how he, you know, lost in the first one. It's like, Oh, he's afraid. Now the parademons are going to eat him. Hooray. We're the best. Whoop the doodles. <laughs> oh, I'm stepping wolf. I'm so scared. Well, he didn't, like- he didn't even have, um, he didn't even have a chance to do anything. He had such a nebulous sort of motivation in the first one where he's like, oh, I want to do this for the glory of this person that I'm not going to explain anything about. And if yeah. you know about it, great. But if not, you're going to turn around and ask the guy that looks like me sitting next to you, well, who's dark side? <laughs> yeah. All glory to you know who. Ah. <laughs> and you can't even be like, oh, that's the guy from Smallville. Nope. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I went there. So, yeah. Yikes. So, Stephen, what was another part that you really enjoyed? Don't say the credits. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody. Wednesday, Leo, just for you. Um, uh, the Flash thing, but the when he was saving the girl, but we already talked about that. Okay, uh, that was a good scene. Uh, how about? Um, I want to know what what didn't you like? Everything. Uh, we only have like another hour on the show, though. <laughs> so so I, have, I have a couple of questions for Steven. First of all, is it all Zack Snyder films? Do you just have a, a, a thing against Zack Snyder? Which I mean, no, I he's not for everyone. No, he's making Army of the Dead, which for the record, I'm glad he's making something other than a superhero movie. Um it's because the way the, the whole DCEU went. After Dark Knight Rises, it's just we had Man of Steel, which was fine. Then we had Bat- Batman versus Superman, which I've had a big case of bad luck with that film. I'm um, not going to go farther into that. But then the Justice League, okay. Really didn't like it when I saw it in the theater. And then we have four hours of this. It's just... I don't know. I'm sorry. It's overrated. Okay. I mean, you again. You no, I mean that's valid. Like that that is absolutely. You're at least giving valid. it a chance. You're not one of those people like, oh, Snyder sucks. Oh, the Justice League is terrible. It's because I have a job and a duty to review it for my fans, and also 
my boss down there is telling me to review it anyway. So I'm, I'm your boss, Jeff. It's, it's all Wait. Leo's fault. Congratulations, <laughs> Jeff. It was Leo Pond all along. No, 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 Leo, get down, <laughs> down, no, not Jeff. I thought Leo. that was Alice. <laughs> it was Martha all along. Why did you tell Joe all along? Sorry, Sorry, Jeff, I, 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 I put you on the spot. It was serious. To point towards Leo, but this no whole worries. thing is yeah, it's all weird. I'm just yeah. giving you a hard time. Uh, so here's a serious question. Um, one of my favorite parts of this film was watching uh, Clark stroll through the spaceship and getting to pick out a new outfit. We almost had a fashion yeah. montage. Oh, yep. <laughs> Lois should have been sitting there like. No. <laughs> he comes only except that if Hollywood from Mannequin is there. I didn't hear anything you just said. Oh, we, we I would have only accepted that if Hollywood from Mannequin was there. <laughs> like I would love to see like you see, you know, you see uh you know Lois just shaking her head, he comes out with a sailor suit at one point, and like he comes out, you know, in a Batman outfit, you know, and it's just like like oh Clark, and then he go, he comes out in like the the tights and stuff that Christopher Reeves wore. Like he wears Reeve. a and suit. Reeve, and Reeve, no S. Reeve, yeah. Reeve, excuse me. Hey, Reaver alone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, wasn't wasn't it cool though when they're bringing his body in and one of the panels just opens and Cyborg's like, the the ship knows he's here. Yeah, that was yeah. a nice moment. Yeah, probably smell him. He's been rotting for like a year. <laughs> yeah. They didn't I, go I, into how his body wouldn't wouldn't decay uh, as the other movie did. Yeah. Well, I you know I, go just real quick on the black suit. I I dug it. Like I thought it was cool, man. That they that they used it. Uh, it was very in step with the whole Death and Return of Superman. Uh, and also, they've wanted to do Superman in a black suit in a movie for, like, the longest time at Warner Brothers. So I'm so glad that happened for them. That's great. I uh, love Superman. I was waiting for great. But honestly, no, oh, no, I'm saying I, I didn't I didn't mind it. Like, I, I liked it. I liked the look of it. It was. It looked good. It made sense, too. Um, Conformist. But I do, not, I do not like that at the end of the movie – when it shows him going to duck into an alley to turn into Superman, that he is still wearing the black suit under yeah. his regular clothes. That, my friends, was a bunch of horse shit. I, I can't get it I, off. I like it. I, I it's like actually it. a Venom symbiote. Maybe he just thinks black is slimming and he, 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 he he's feeling himself. Oh, God, I'm so he's, fat. He's bloated from all the decay. Yeah, all he's got the COVID nineteen. <laughs> all, all his all his gas is expanding. Oh, I'm so fat. Maybe the only the only not. time I saw Superman in his traditional like for that universe like red and blue suit was in a hologram and for like two point three seconds in the end of the nightmare. Yeah. When he oh yeah, sure. I, I'm he's sorry. Going. Yeah, he, when it shows him dying with a spike through his chest. My bad. Yeah, you got me. It's there too. But I mean, really, it should not it should have been the the right the traditional 
Superman costume at the very well, end there. That's, I was very upset. That's the only gripe I had with that. I was very upset that they did not keep continuity and like he went to go put the red suit on and like there was a huge hole in it and he's like, I can't <laughs> wear this. Ah, bullshit! There's like a patch, like a flannel <laughs> patch on it. It's like, it's Kryptonian, I can't sew it! <laughs> you want a needle that'll go through this? You know, that black suit in the comics, he came out and didn't have the cape and he had yeah. a mullet. So, yeah, even yeah. though Dan Jerkins, crises averted. <laughs> so, so speaking of the suit and this veers off topic, though, what? what well, you know, with, with the, 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 the bright suit, what happened to the um, the remaster of Batman versus Superman? We were supposed to get that on the same day and I couldn't find it anywhere. Hmm. Oh, you know, I I enjoy the uh, the uh, the Batman Five Superman movie, uh, but I enjoy it more when I'm watching the extended cut that shows all the stuff, you know. And that to me is what this was compared to Whedon's version, you know, because it fills in a lot of these gaps. You know, one of the worst things, again, going back to the uh, Superman resurrection scene where he's fighting everybody. Lois just shows up in like an Uber, like, oh, hey guys, it's Superman here. Batman told me he's going to be here. <laughs> oh, uh, oh my God. Uh, one thing, something that's driven me nuts since Man of Steel and they did it in Justice League and, and in this one. I really wish the people, Lois and Bruce at this point, would just stop saying his fucking name out loud in front of other people who aren't in on it in public. Clark Kent of the Daily Planet, 117 left Park Ave. Is that you? Are you okay? Clark Joseph Kent from Smallville. <laughs> yeah, you. Daughter of Martha oh, and wait, I'm sorry, Superman. <laughs> it's just, Diana it's calls him Cal. Yeah. yeah, why does Diana do that? There's no know. precedent I... set for her calling him Kal-El. Calvin! No, it's Calvin. She knows it. Just it says here on your underwear, it. Calvin Klein. <laughs> Kal-El Klein. <laughs> yeah. No, it's supposed to say Calvin Klein, but it's all and worn That's out. why he's malnourished. <laughs> I am your density. Get your damn hands off her. I'm kind of mad that, like, since they gave us such a good climactic Superman death scene, now I just want a movie where we kill off Superman, we resurrect Superman, and we get anti-Superman. That's uh, There's an animated film of that. It's a two-parter. The I death know, of but- Superman and then... Than the the return Death of Superman. I know, but like, if if we take that exact scene where he's dying, have the this ultrasonic sound waves from his death cry, and then you know we go into the resurrection scene where everyone's carting off his casket and then dropping him into the, the water. We need zombie Superman. We need anti Superman. Did you say anti Superman? No, that's a whole other thing. She did did not. 
say that at all. Zombie Superman. There we go. Okay. Didn't we see that in that nightmare sequence? But well, we we did, and um, I think they're, and I think uh, Colleen, you might have said this earlier, where it looks like they're going towards like injustice. Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. they are. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I mean, that's yeah. totally why he's carting around Joker. That's totally why he mentions to Diana, "Oh, I had this dream where I have to protect, you know, Lois," or uh, where um, Barry comes by and tells me I have to keep her safe. And then he's like, but I don't think this is it. I think it's about something else. And then, you know, oh, look, there's the pregnancy thing. And oh, look, you know, it's just there's too many things tying into it. They're definitely going that way. Yeah, because like, they, they, uh, they set it up. For it. The outfit like that with Flashpoint at the end. Yeah, the outfit that Barry has at the end is the outfit he's wearing when he shows up to Bruce. And he's like, am I too early? That's what he's wearing. That like really awesome, like yep. helmet closing on his face. Doodle. Yeah. I was really curious about what that was altogether until you know it was finally cleared up in the epilogue where I was like, oh, it, it, it the mask closes over. I get it. Like I, I just couldn't figure out what the hell that was around him uh, when when he showed up in Batman v Superman. It's very confusing to me. He's like, I am Iron Man. <laughs> yeah. but they're um, setting up a flashpoint where um normally flashpoint should be wonder woman versus aquaman but with mirror there and confirming that aquaman is dead it's going to be probably superman and wonder woman who are at odds because if you notice she was the other person who wasn't there oh yeah a cyborg was there you had a joker batman flash um deathstroke deathstroke well, and in those are the main characters well well are they all the main characters? Because conspicuously missing from the epilogue, but conspicuous outside of Lois's apartment, Martian fucking Manhunter. Oh, yeah. Woo! I lost my shit when I saw that. <laughs> I like finally. I'm Martha Man. You like, yeah, they got the uh, the general from the Matrix right to play him. Uh, uh, Harry Lennox. 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 Yeah. I was going to say Selick, and I'm like, no, that's that's Nightmare Before Christmas. He he's also the FBI director in uh, Blacklist. And oh yeah, and he played a trumpet player in House. It was John Jones all yes. along. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that would have been great. See that that was spoiled for me, not through Reddit, but it was spoiled through me through um. Uh, I think it was like IGN. They leaked it like a couple, the couple days prior, and I'm just like, he has a great okay. Movie. Well, that's four hours wasted of my time. But anyway, um, and I don't even know who Martian Manhunter is. Other stuff happened in the movie besides yeah. that, wow. even. And that wasn't even like a hey, did you guys catch play. the guys catch the dude who played Jimmy Olsen in Superman the movie playing that cop that Lois brought coffee to? Mm-hmm. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, did you catch what his name was? She called him Jerry, but I noticed on his on his little name badge there, his last name was Schuster. So he was oh, named for crazy. Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster, the guys that created Superman. Awesome. That's cool. Yeah, found That's that on my own. I was pretty happy with myself. I was like, hey, good. I like that. So uh, Go ahead, Leo. No, uh, just real quick. Uh, another thing I noticed missing missing was uh, with Martha talking to uh, uh, Lois. The thirsty scent, uh, scene was was taken out. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which is yeah, probably all of that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I found that totally stupid in the in the first one. Well, I mean, that's what Whedon does. And then he goes and complains about how everybody fucked up his perfect movie and his perfect script. He's amazing. It's everyone else that's the problem. Ever since they just uh, didn't know how to say it right. Yeah, ever since Alien Resurrection, you know, you're one of his first jobs. But, you know, Oscar winner Brad Dorff doesn't know how to deliver his lines. Yeah. Oh, oh, God. That that's what sent me over the edge about him. And then like, oh, I hated doing Avengers. They wouldn't let me do what I wanted. Oh, it was so terrible. So uh, why'd you do Avengers 2? You fucking dickbag. (laughs) God, I hate him so much. Wow. All right. Tone it down. I'm actually I'm kind of glad that we didn't see what he had shot for Atlantis and Atlanteans until this like after Aquaman had been set up as a solo movie mm-hmm. because I think a lot of the design and stylistic choices that James Wan made for Aquaman uh, were superior to what Zack Snyder was setting up in this. I do not like that they trilled at each other and had to like open up air spaces underwater in order to speak to one another. Uh, I thought that was weird. I think malarkey. Absolute malarkey and just utter balderdash. No, well, I, I was not I having it. heard they communicated with sonar-like whales. That would have been way better. <laughs> titles. I think they opened up the air so aren't they good for movies. it was kept yeah. confidential. What? what? I missed that. I'm sorry, Colleen. Say that again? No, I, I said I think the reason they opened up those pockets of air when they were speaking to each other was so no one would um, hear what they were saying. So it wouldn't it does travel amazingly yeah, well in water. It, like, isn't isn't they, don't they make a point of that? Like in one of the Aquaman films, that like they open up those pockets of air so no one else can kind of like. Look yeah, at but it's every single time somebody's yeah, talking. That's true. Every that's time true. they trill otherwise when they're not in one of those air bubbles. That's something that. Only happened in Zack Snyder's Justice League in the scene that was set up by him. Yeah. However, when we watch James Wan's Aquaman, they speak and never do any of that trill stuff. You hardly see people use those air pockets like that. Yeah, so, like the only time you saw it was for the parts like where Willem Dafoe was speaking to him when he's yeah. not supposed to be in Atlantis and stuff like that. Also, I'm I'm I, I'm glad of uh, James Wan's decision to have like you know like the Atlantean people had long hair, but they kept it like tied. So it wasn't always like floating around and, and whatnot because Willem Dafoe looked fucking weird in this, and he looked a thousand times better in Aquaman. Yeah. Arthur, you gotta take your father's shrimp fork and shiny sweater, otherwise you'll never save the world. Yeah, that's another thing too. Um, Arthur Curry lost a lot of shirts. Yeah, <laughs> and he polluted the ocean. He polluted <laughs> the ocean, which is the thing that he's always mad about Purpose World for doing. He takes his glass bottle and he shatters it, and it just goes into the ocean. How ah. else do you think sea glass is made? <laughs> like some artist that is gonna find this and they're gonna thank me for it. Yeah, in that village that no one goes to for eight months out of the year. Yeah. I put so one thing you guys kind of left out about um Volko, uh played by Willem Dafoe and uh Mira, is that they're not regular Atlanteans. They have control over water. You yeah. know, they're they're sorcerers, they've got that sort of uh power that only the royalty is supposed to have. 
So that's oh, why Aquaman has it. He's special. And all the blood was coming out. That was crazy. Yeah, and and that was cool. Mira is no joke. That's ever. That since, you know, since I am such a fan of gore, mm-hmm. horror and stuff, the, the gore in this one was prime. Yeah. Cutting guys in half. Water blood. That, was, uh, that was definitely one of the positive things about this one is the gore factor. We saw a lot more blood. Stephen Wilson, like, more, I'll punch a horse in its face. You know, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> some of the other films. So I, 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 I our rating. Appre- yeah, I definitely appreciated that. All I can think of was Mongo from, from Blazing Sounds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, don't shoot him. You'll no, just make him. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, it's. So, it, it's odd. Oh, sorry, Leo. Go ahead. No, no. I was just going to say. So, speaking of like the gore and everything, how vicious Wonder Woman was. You know, you, you mentioned her decapitating. You know, uh, mm-hmm. but also uh, with the uh, Whedon cut uh, when she does the bomb and everything, when she does her fists, it just flashes and goes to the next scene. This one here, we see what actually happened. How that guy got like totally fucked up, and, he just- <laughs> and then and then he exploded. Down. Yeah. 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 Like, oh my goodness! They made Wonder Woman powerful. Can you imagine it? And see, the <laughs> other thing I like, you know, speaking of Wonder Woman, we touched on this a little bit. You know, the difference between him, uh, Snyder, and Whedon is when she's talking to, uh, you know, uh, the the conversation she has with Cyborg in the the Whedon version, and it's like from down on the sidewalk, looking straight up at her ass. It's like, oh, this is a really emotional, powerful scene. Also, ass. That's all. Yeah, and she kept wearing all like these low cut shirts, but like in the Snyder version, she dressed like a normal person would dress. Yeah, like you know, it's like what you were saying, mm-hmm. Ash, about the Amazons. Like they had armor on. It wasn't like, oh, I have like you know, little uh, like the tiny uh, castanets covering my titties, and then like you know, a loincloth, and like, oh, look at me, I'm a warrior, like. You know, they were still able to show like how ripped and like muscular these women were, but like by giving them actual like armor, they were still able to do that. Like the the clothing served a purpose other than being aesthetically a, a, appealing for for people. It was actually they all had different armors on too. Like the archers only had sort of like a leather tube top on, uh, similar to the the hammer uh, wielders uh, who were taking that off. Versus like um, you know Antiope and Hippolyta and all that who were like right up there in their like uh, golden like Xena like armor. You know because yeah, they're the front lines. Their, their cast was like they yeah. wore appropriate clothing. It wasn't all like oh I could you know I have to. You know, fight Steppenwolf at six, but I have a, a bikini shoot at seven, so I need an outfit that can do both. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, you want to have that sort of versatility in, in battle armor, I imagine, you know. One thing that was nice, too, is they actually um, made a whole ceremony and gave a name to, like, the little arrow that they shoot off to uh, yeah. like, fire in the shrine yeah. of the... Uh, Amazon. Arrow yeah. of MacGuffin. <laughs> that whole thing afterwards where she's like, oh, I wonder what happens if I put this arrow in this arrow shaped oh, hole. Oh, look! Something! 
I was expecting a full-on Scooby-Doo, like a theme park plans and how they're going to change it. Like some wealthy developer, an old man Wiggins is in the corner or something. It was a total Scooby-Doo moment. <laughs> yeah, she pulled off the mask and it was, and it was, uh, you know, Lex Luthor all along. <laughs> I thought it was Mickey Rooney. Secondary but, character yeah. introduced and then forgotten. <laughs> Which is why I liked uh, Harry Lennox as... Uh, as Martian Manhunter, because like he was fairly prominent in uh, both Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman. Like he was a very prominent character, and you're just like, oh, that's a you know a mid name, a mid range name actor who plays the same role all the time. Like it was the exact same role he played in the Matrix. Like you know, here he is, and it's like, oh, that's a pretty good spot, you know. And then all of a sudden, it's you know he's fucking John Jones, which is like amazing to me like it's so awesome I'm like he did run away from a car crash no that's mean that's mean <laughs> I guess there were going to be there were two versions of that scene they were going to do uh, and they this one with Martian Manhunter and then the other one uh, the other ending with Bruce Wayne was uh, going to be John Stewart uh, the Green Lantern showing up I don't know, like, but uh, no, I guess uh, I guess Warner Brothers was straight up like, no, 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 no Green Lantern, go with go with your other guy. For the Daily Show, but you know, uh, I mean, he's definitely better than Craig Kilborn. <laughs> uh, he's really tall. I met him. <laughs> John Stewart or Craig Kilborn? Craig Kilborn. John Stewart's like Kilborn, he's like yeah. five two. Nah, Kilborn, sexy Josh Homme from uh, uh, Queens of the Stone Age. He is, uh, he's exactly like you think too. Like when you, when you see him in old school and he's like, guys don't tell on dudes, that's a chick thing. And you're like, yeah, that's him. Yeah. Wow. That's, uh, I wouldn't have awful. hated a lantern to be honest with you. Like, I mean, another lantern, not one that got his hand cut off. I love the fact that like dark side was like, Ooh, like a, like Frankenstein's monster. Like <laughs> he had a butterfly. It's like, Ooh, pretty fly. Ah, I've been shot. I will say the dude that played Zeus, that guy looks like a fucking Zeus to me. Yeah. Yeah. He was the most jacked guy in this entire film. <laughs> He's like, oh, Superman, do you even lift? <laughs> Occasionally I lift, you know, Russian apartment buildings. Ha, puny man. <laughs> he has like an Austrian accent. He's a Greek deity. Oh, look at me! I am Zeus. <laughs> I just, I I just picture Zeus like Prince Volko from uh, Flash Gordon. Other reasons. Yeah, it was a little. Di yeah, you might have gotten a different, uh, a different uh, reaction out of him. <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a sweet leather harness he's wearing. Yeah, Is that a girl? there you go. He could carry me or like he could carry like, you know, Ares on his back like Master Blaster. Like that dude was jacked. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we're, we've been going about an hour and a half. So let's uh, let's start to wind things down a little bit. So we've talked about a lot of the stuff that we liked and a few of the things we didn't. So, Coop, uh, your overall feeling, uh, you don't have to, like, give it a grade, you know, or anything like that. But your overall feeling uh compared to some of the other uh, other films in the DC Extended Universe. And that's we're going to do this all around. So, Coop, I'll start with you. 
I was going to actually compare it to a Marvel film. Um, I think this one stands up a lot better. I'm more of a DC fan than a Marvel fan. Uh, just after, like, I like the X-Men movies, but I'm a casual fan of, like, the Avengers and all that. It's okay. It's not my thing. But DC, these characters are so important. And for something to, you know, Snyder comes back after getting all this feedback where it's like, oh, this didn't work. This didn't work. And he could use his own stuff to improve upon them. Things like those scenes with uh, uh, Themyscira, where we get more Hippolyta. That's fantastic. The whole thing with Darkseid, that is so integral for this movie. And then just the fact that we got so much more Ray Fisher that made him an absolutely endearing character. Mm -hmm. And you start to realize, oh, no wonder he was pissed. You know, they they uh, they fridged him, you know, kind of. Um, I think yeah. it's a great movie. I think this is probably my second favorite DC movie after Shazam. Okay. Um, I'm going to put it as number two. Steven. Um, so I have a feeling I'm going to be repeating myself for the next couple days because, you know, I'm going to be appearing on a certain show on Wednesday and I'm going to be recording my show on Wednesday. So here goes. Um, I've been trolling this movie, not trolling, just giving my opinion on this movie from the get-go ever since the trailers came out. And I've been very vocal about it. And, you know, I don't judge a book by its cover until I see it. And I saw it. And you know what? It's overrated. I'm sorry to say this movie's overrated. I don't know what my gripe is with DCEU. But, you know, I have my feelings about it. And I will be more than happy to address it in a few days. But, and I've addressed them tonight. Mm -hmm. But I have... There's certain things I did like about it, but I wish I spent my four hours a lot better on things I could have gotten done today. Um, yeah. It, it, someone else want to go? And that's fine. Like you don't, you don't have to like it. Like we said, you know, nothing has universal appeal. The Beatles didn't make songs that everybody liked. That's what the Bee Gees were for. Uh, <laughs> Powerful Brandon, now that you uh, just uh, filled your mouth with liquid, uh, why don't you take a turn? Sure, sure. Um, so my thoughts on it. Um, for what it is compared to the other movies that Zack Snyder had set up for what was going to be the DCEU, I give this movie a 9 out of 10 for what it is comparative and relative to that. Okay? Uh on its own, like taken as if it were supposed to continue on to something else, I would actually probably give it like a, a, a six or a seven. And that's only because at four hours, there's still a lot of fat that could be trimmed from this. There's things that are not necessary. Uh, and yeah, I, I get the slow motion stuff. I, I, I get it. Like it, there's a lot of it. Uh, I, I don't think we need to see Lois Lane getting coffee in slow motion. I just don't think there's a need for that. It's just a bit, bit much in, in all of this, this entire story. Um, but yeah, that's, I, I think, I think that's, that's probably the best way I can think of it uh, to, to, to speak of it is just, you have to look at it in two different ways just because of its nature, why it exists. It, it, it's, it's unprecedented for the most part. What yeah. we've seen, so it, it, it's a bit of a you know 
sticky wicket to try to nail it down as just one thing at this point. I will say I don't want to see a continuation from it uh, because we've already seen them try to redirect and reroute what they started. And it would just throw things way out of whack all over again when they're just starting to build a bit more goodwill with, with general movie-going audiences. Okay. Did yeah. you, isn't this um, presented by the Richard Donner cut for Superman 2? No, because that took so long for it to become a thing. And it wasn't really something that had been at a fever pitch intensity that you had seen like with this movie. There was no there was, movement whatsoever, no hashtag, so it's not even close. Yeah, yeah no yeah, hashtag. No, no, I mean, in 82. Yeah. yeah, and there was no one at Comic-Cons. Comic-Con wasn't a thing. There was no one at Comic-Cons begging you for petitions, and there was no hashtags, no social media back then. So, around in 82. Yeah. This was, I'm just saying, like, this was this was unprecedented. It, it, it was. Um, and it, it it's because of what is still being made based off of other things that this was involved with. So it, it makes it, it, it makes it, you know, a bit of a, a middle child, like you know, can't really, can't really pay too much attention to it because you really have a lot more going on over here and over here. That's, that's, that's what I mean. So I kind of want to elaborate on something that you just said about Lois Lane getting coffee in slow motion. Uh, isn't that grief? Yes. What kind of grounds did she get? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying, like, there's just a lot. No, but see, I, I viewed it as her viewing. It, it's, it's grief. You know, you and I have been through something very similar, as far as losing a loved one. You know, and yeah. I, I believe Leo can attest to this as well. Um, you know, there's a moment when dealing with grief where everything feels like it's in slow motion. And that is what I thought. I thought that. And, and believe me, and believe me, I understand that. And, and maybe I just didn't use the right example. I'm sorry. What I, what I, that took that you're right. I'm just saying but I know, I other, because of, because of the overuse of slow motion throughout the story, scenes like that don't hit quite as hard. Hmm. Where it diminishes from that. that specific moment. But if you if you look at things, so I was looking at things from moment to moment, you know, and in that moment, putting myself in Lois Lane's shoes, you know, getting coffee, like I remembered what it was like to lose a loved one and felt like everything I was doing was just like I, I was moving in slow motion. Like nope. the world that's very fair me as I was you know stuck in this moment you know and that's what I thought it was and I thought that it was Zack Snyder almost emoting through you know editing through you know uh, this this artistic medium you know I mean like he lost his daughter through all of this so I'm not a parent but like I can't I can barely deal some days with the loss that I've dealt with. I can't even imagine losing a piece of you like that, you know? So I thought that maybe that's what that was. Him almost like emoting through art. Mm. Yeah. Well, also well her, her going to the same spot every day, you know? Yes. Yeah, exactly. You know, her almost like uh, uh, hoping for a different outcome. 
you know, you do the same things every day, hoping that something will change. The definition of insanity. Yes. So, Colleen, how about you? Yep. So, for me, I, I, I kind of have to judge it for what it is. And if I were a person, you know, that had written my own script, already filmed half of, like, you know, the things that I wanted to film for it, and then something like that happened to one of my children, like, first of all, I have no idea how I was able to bounce back and even look at it just from association. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So props to him for that, because I, I wouldn't be able to, I'd be sick to my stomach anytime. So, um, you know, having someone take over your work that you've already, you know, put some time into and have them put out something that, you know, you felt wasn't right to what you wanted to represent or where you wanted to go with it. And, Granted, there was a lot of um, stuff that was input from other people. And, you know, it's easier to pick apart somebody else's version of, you know, a movie that's already been out there. Um, it, he did, he came back from it and he was able to do it. And he did it relatively well. I mean, if, if I'm judging it just as a movie on its own, not knowing the history, not knowing, you know, hit him, giving him credit for all of this, I would put it at like a solid six. Um, just on its own, just because that first hour is so hard for me to get through. It took me three times. It shouldn't take me three times to get into a movie. I'm sorry. Like, um, but I did it. And, um, you know, I'm so happy that I did because all of my expectations were more than exceeded. And I can't believe how well he did on remaking and empowering so many of the different characters that... Mm -hmm you know, really were completely railroaded in the first one, like um, uh, Cyborg and um, the Flash, Barry, with their uh, relationships with their parents. I mean, Barry always kind of had it there, but we totally see a different side of Cyborg, and that's wonderful. So, so far as, you know, his characters that he was able to, you know, refresh and make new, it was great. I think he did that wonderfully. Um, uh, changing the villain like that like Justin said earlier that's like a ballsy move mm -hmm. and he did it really well and it was as it should have been I think in in the first place it would have been way better and made made a lot more sense you know I feel like Justin was doing like the same type of Avengers thing of oh yeah there's some villain in the background we're gonna see later like Thanos so um I'm glad that, you know, he did it the way he did. Um, so overall, you know, taking into consideration his stuff, you know, I would give it an eight. But overall, just from my own time, six. But yeah, it was fun. It was good. And, you know, one if you can get past that hour, just that one hour, it's so good. So, yeah. That just first you. hour is um, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, and then it gets to the uh, backstory of Darkseid. That's literally the first uh, 53 minutes. Once you get to, yeah, it's after, because um, like I said, it takes about half an hour before you get to the Wonder Woman action scene. That's mm -hmm. like at the 30 minute mark, uh, you know, and you've already seen the Wonder Woman action scene. Yes, it was better, but it's again, something you've already seen, you know? So I think it's once you get to the backstory, yes, like, in, you know, she, um, they 
let off the arrow and she hears about it and she goes off and then you get the backstory. The backstory is the best part of the whole movie, in my opinion. Like that was awesome. I loved it. And like um, Patsy said, that Zeus was totally uh, casted properly because, you know, not only is he jacked and awesome, he also looks like he'd be the type of guy to bang your mom and everyone else's. So it's <laughs> 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 so weird. You guys saw a guy. I saw a golden calf. That was so weird. <laughs> Some swan. We like swans, yeah. right? Uh. Yeah, so Jess, you'll have to take a you'll have to take a number behind everybody's mom, apparently, uh, with Zeus. Um, so your your thoughts? Same question to you. I I like this one better. I believe I, that there were definitely more details, and it was it was more filling, and it played out better. And the you know it actually gave a little bit more of that backstory that we kind of missed in the original version and. Yeah, was it great? Eh. But I, I, I was, I was satisfied with it. <laughs> Leo, oh my fucking god! <laughs> <laughs> well, you know it's intense if Leo's dropping f bombs. Is it Leo said a bad word? <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, first of all, this this movie made me forget that Falcon Winter Soldier aired the next day. We haven't even watched it yet. Oh. Oh my it's god, right. I yep. immediately watched it after this. For the oh, I, I forgot it existed after seeing Snyder Cut. You know, it, it, it's the, the movie was so fucking epic. I give it, you know, a perfect 10. Absolutely love it. I know a lot of people, you know, uh think you know I, I love everything, but you know, it looking at the Whedon cut after this, it is so friggin' abysmal. Um and this gives me hope. And this is one thing I say after every DC movie, I have hope for them to do DC, right. We're you know, you're built on hope. Well, totally. <laughs> uh, but you know, the, I hope this opens people's eyes. Uh, the big wigs over at uh, Warner brothers that giving Snyder the money and just saying, Hey, do what you want to do. That's how Marvel succeeds. They give, the people uh they give the uh you know uh fey and uh you know they give them the money they say you know go and play you know it, you don't have any big wig saying oh we need to make it dark or we got to fit this toy in or whatnot you know you, you just let the visionaries do what they do best uh so i have hope that this will spawn more of the DE's, dceu i hope they do continuations from this. I hope they reboot the DCEU from this. There's a lot more you can do with, you know, especially with Flashpoint, you know, to sort of like set corrections to everything. Uh, and also, I love how they really focused on every character. They made every character powerful in their own way. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, with showing how powerful everybody is, when you get to the point where you have that Superman at the end, that just shows how much power he has. You know, you, you have all these people, you know, just fighting Steppenwolf, uh, Wolf, uh, you know, still kicking his butt. But just to see Superman give the smackdown, you know, oh, X scene. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, just, you know, just absolutely love it. Can't say enough about it. Well, I mean, that, and that's the thing, you know, when it comes to hope, like that's what Superman's symbol is, you know, except on Brandon's shirt where it stands for Epo. 
So <laughs> I've been waiting like five minutes to say that. And those nice touches too, like how they had the voice of um, of his actual father, and they had the voice of Kevin Costner, and they had the voice of Russell Crowe in there, like adding those little nuanced pieces when they are talking about things like hope. Those yeah. are great. He's all on. Boy, why don't you go fight somebody? You fight around the world. <laughs> Making music, making songs, fighting around the world. So, how about you, Ash? Like for all of the 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 same stuff that we were we were talking about, like where does this rank? How does how did you feel compared to the uh, the, the Whedon crap? So, you know, for a while, I thought that the uh, DC universe was a lot stronger with their animated films. And the MCU was way stronger with their actual theatrical universe. Live action. Um, you know, and I think as a whole, that still stands true. However, um, you know, if, if I were to rate this, uh, the first Wonder Woman is, is still number one in, in my book. Nice. Um, you know, I, I left the theater in tears. And it was all for the best reasons. Not that the, the film was perfect, but the message, oh, the message that that first Wonder Woman film had was just so empowering and so uh, needed for me personally at that time. And I know a lot of other women who feel the same way, um, you know, and then uh, Shazam is number two. I, Shazam was just such a, a a really good time at the theater, but I think this has to rank number three. Um, you know, as much as I love Aquaman, because I love, love, love seeing a certain somebody shirtless. Um, <laughs> yeah, Pat, I, I love Pat to be shirtless. Um, She's like, "Whoa, what are you three doing here?" <laughs> <laughs> It's like a Zoidberg without a shell. <laughs> um, you know, yes. Jason Momoa caught my attention, obviously, in Game of Thrones, the same place that he caught a lot of other people's attention. And he has just seemed to flourish. I love and that he was speaking Dothraki in that fishing village. <laughs> kind of, yeah. That's what it that's what it seemed like. Um, I'm I'm really glad that he's getting the attention that he deserves, not only for his, you know, just He's he's very good looking. My man. He is. Um, he's a really good actor and he's a really good person. So, you know, that makes me really happy. But I, I think this version of Justice League has to rank at number three for me. And I think it was because of the way that they were able to bring all of the characters together in a very cohesive way. And each character serves a purpose. No character at the end of the day was really more powerful than the other. They all had they their all own skills. Skills that they right. needed, and they worked as a team. Exactly. It you know, uh, you everyone had their um, strengths, and this film really played up to certain characters' strengths. You know, there was a lot of character growth in this film, and it makes me really positive for the uh, continuation of this specific uh, DC universe, as far as you know theatrically goes um i thought it was so well done i thought it retconned you know i i mean like we said numerous times fuck joss whedon and i really hate what he did 
to this film knowing now you know what could have been so yeah. i think that you know i mean granted there, there were a couple of things that joss whedon did that were all right were good mm -hmm. you know there are a couple of things that he did that i preferred um you know but i think as a whole the snyder cut was a better film much and you know really set up the future of the dc universe that the joss whedon cut didn't so much do and it made me excited it made me excited to see more of this dc theatrical universe that's not animated that's live action and you know we've kind of uh we're we're in the middle of going through uh a transition in the marvel cinematic universe setting up for the future of them and i think this is such a perfect time to drop this specific cut yeah of justice league you know getting people excited because you know we we don't have any marvel films on the horizon uh, i should say uh, in in the immediate future we have them on Not the horizon like but uh we have nothing right now we have these shows that are great i i loved wandavision it's probably one of my favorite things that marvel has ever done wandavision was so much fun Right. I, I every episode up. I loved it so much. Uh, but I think this was the absolute perfect time to drop something like this. Mm -hmm. The only thing I didn't love was the runtime. And I that's did, because I'm a, I'm a, well, and, and you know, I feel like if we had watched it at maybe a different time, you know, we, we watched no, it. No, don't start it at 10 o'clock at night. Uh, yeah. Don't start it at like <laughs> 9 o'clock at night when you've worked all day and you've just gotten home and you eat a lot of sushi. So you're ready to food. <laughs> and, you know, the wine is flowing as usual. And, you know, wine, I, I, wine I, sushi. All right. Check. That's good. <laughs> I feel like maybe I, I did it to myself. I lulled myself into this coma of, you know, two sushi bottles of wine. And wine and, you know, um... Steven, did you have sushi while watching this? I don't like sushi. See, that's well, your problem. That's why you didn't like the movie. I don't like you either. <laughs> I don't like sushi either. I'm allergic to it. I don't like I, you, you know, either, Colin. I love it when I hear I don't like sushi either. So. Well, I like living. Well, it doesn't like you, Zaro Pansy. More for me. More for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, doesn't it make sense then? That you sushi is involved. Just say, you know what? I'm going to save my sushi for Ashley because I got you. Save your sushi for the Winter Soldier discussion. No, that's <laughs> spoiler. Fisto. Uh, so, so it was my, Mephisto all along. <laughs> my my final thoughts on this were uh, very similar to a lot of what you guys said. Uh, one of the things that was a huge gripe that honestly didn't bother me and I didn't notice it for about three hours was the four three aspect ratio, uh, which apparently was done intentionally to keep uh, Zack Snyder's original vision intact. So yes. it was a conscious choice to keep that as a four three ratio. Which I liked. And again, it didn't really bother me and I didn't really notice it for about three hours. Like I knew about it going in, but it didn't bother me. Uh, I think I'm with you. I think this is um, behind Wonder Woman. It might be on par with Shazam. Shazam was a lot of fun. Um, my only issue with Shazam was it didn't know what it wanted to be. Like, you know, it's like the, the pitch meeting. Is this a comedy or a kid's movie? Yup. Like, <laughs> all right, wait, now you're switching straight over to horror. 
Yup. Are kids going to like that? I don't know. Kids like demons. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, John Glover. Oh, look at me. I'm a superhero. I'm drinking soda pop and playing Xbox. And oh, look at those demons eating that guy's face. Like, <laughs> that guy just tossed his father in law out the window, or his father just chucked him right out the window. So he dies. Like, <laughs> There's some wacky stuff going on. Like, so that was, you know, and then, you know, the whole thing at the end of that where, like, oh, Billy takes his whole movie to learn how to do his powers. Oh, that's all right. We're all way better than him after uh, just getting the powers about 12 seconds ago. So we're all good. We don't we don't need you to uh, to explain anything to us. You know, we're not going to had one power, though. <laughs> he had the power to have lots and lots of powers. Well, that was Billy's power, but then each of them had a different aspect. It's a pretty uh, sweet life. Well, my yeah. uh, my issue was also the uh, what's the, uh, the 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 wisdom of Solomon? Isn't that like the the, the first thing? Yeah, he was uh, super smart and uh, definitely very uh, very wise in in all his decisions. <laughs> I know. I'll just cut everyone in half. There it was go. Solomon Grundy is really. <laughs> <laughs> the wisdom of Calvin Grundy. Grundy. <laughs> yeah. All he can think about is being born on a Monday. Oh, that's the best. Cyrus that's a Gold. deep cut, everybody. Yeah, it is. Cyrus Gold. Um, <laughs> Good stuff, man. So I like this a lot. Like, it's behind Wonder Woman because Wonder Woman, like, I still think the best scene in the entire MC, uh, MC, uh, MCU or DCU, to be honest with you. Um, the uh, the no man's land scene with that fucking theme song in Wonder Woman ranks higher to me, just a hair than Cap Cap uh, hanging on to Mjolnir that that first time we see it. Like that scene, every time I watch, and I've seen this movie five or six times, every time I see it, it hits you right here. And I don't care uh, what anybody wants to say. That Wonder Woman theme is better than oh, every it, superhero yes. theme. That I'm shit slaps. I'm including <laughs> the X-Men animated series and Batman the animated series. Wonder Woman's theme is better. Uh, and if you have a different opinion, that's fine. But to me, that's the best one. And like the music video for that, where it's just like the one woman who plays it, like just rocking out on her fucking cello. Holy shit. Like you were obsessed with that for the longest time. It's so good. Yeah. So, I uh, you know I I really enjoyed this. I liked the 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 stuff that it retconned. I hated some of the stupid jokes that were. What's your superpower? I'm rich. Oh, how did you get my house back? I bought the bank. Oh, you bought the bank. You couldn't have just paid off the fucking. That line's in this house. Like, I didn't like that. I didn't yeah. like. You didn't like that it was in the Snyder Cut? No, I didn't like that it was in the Snyder Cut. I thought, okay, okay. I thought it was right. dumb the first time I saw it. Okay. I bought the bank. Yeah, we get it, Bruce. You have money. <laughs> We've seen your fucking cars. Oh, listen to Mr. Moneybags over here. <laughs> but if you understand foreclosures, it makes perfect sense. Am I the only one? I mean. <laughs> I like the fact that, you know. The Flash got to be part of the final battle and was an integral part of the final battle as opposed to, hey, Barry, uh, can you push that car 12 miles away for us? Thanks. The adults are going to fight the bad guy. Right. The adults, yeah. I mean, Superman. Just Superman. Yeah. We're not going to do anything. We're just going to. Uh, oh, we just saw it chapter two. So we're going to bully him until he's scared and gets eaten by his, his uh, own soldiers. That's what <laughs> we're going to do. We also just watched uh, lost in space from 1997. So 
we uh we just we we thought we'd combine those two things. That's our strategy Same for beating as the event horizon in that. It's like, oh god, like fuck you. Like that was the worst ending to it. Oh, you're scared. Oh, now all your parademons are gonna kill you, and we don't actually have to defeat you. You know, it's like Batman uh, at the at the end of Batman Begins. I'm not gonna kill you, but I don't have to save you. Then you are therefore complicit in his death. Like that's at least manslaughter, Mister. I don't ever kill anyone. That's my one rule. Um, well, at least yeah. he didn't shoot him like Ben Affleck did in Batman versus Superman. I was fine with him shooting them. You know, when Batman first showed up, we had this conversation earlier today. You know, when Batman first showed up, you know what he did once to a guy? Wrapped a fucking rope around his neck and then took off in the bat jet. <laughs> the guy behind him, and there's a snap when he like the the tension breaks and he snaps the guy's neck and he's carrying him across Gotham, hanging from a rope from the bat jet or bat copter, whatever the fuck he had. So <laughs> he also used to use guns and shoot people all the fucking time. Like well, he was using silver pistols to fight the red monk who was a werewolf. So that made sense. Uh, he also killed the KG beast by locking him in a room with no food, like Cask of Amontillado style. Well, KG beast did shoot Dick Grayson in the head, so he probably had it coming. Well, wait, uh, there, there was a guy called KG beast. Yes. He's well, actually in uh, Batman v Superman. Cod with a crowbar and he didn't die. He's he's the one that's got uh, gonna burn Martha Kent alive in Batman v Superman. Yeah. Like they they okay, kind of brought yeah. his character back. But he didn't have a Russian accent, really. He was just like, yeah, I'm KG Beast. Uh, I'm just, yeah, that's, that was supposed to be him, though. I'm just saying. Yeah, no, I don't I, make the rules. I'm just letting you know. No, no, I I, <laughs> I mean, like, he was a less convincing Russian than Kevin Nash in The Punisher. <laughs> He's the Russian. Yeah, but he had that sweet shirt. <laughs> oh, he, yeah, because I was like, oh, did you just get off of, like, you know, the, the Popeye cosplay? Like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> They did Popeye the musical. I was a uh, background character number six. The blonde Bluto. <laughs> <laughs> oh I mean, pretty much. Uh, we'll have to talk about that movie sometime because that fucking fight scene where he smashes his gun and just kind of looks at it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was that. That was a lot of fun. I wish we could get Thomas Jane back. Although I don't. You know, Howard Saint, like, oh, my God, like, Punish is coming after me. You killed both my kids. Oh, <laughs> my, wife, my wife, too. <laughs> I stabbed my friend because I thought he was having sex with my wife, but it turns out he's gay. Oh, my God. Oh, I shouldn't have did that. I this is getting very meta. <laughs> I regret this. Hey, I'm going to throw you in front of this train. For liabilities purpose, it's gravity that'll kill you, not me. <laughs> now is he Batman? I, what, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Hey, Alfred, look, it's a bad signal. <laughs> I will make you some tea, Master Wayne. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, could I ask a quick question? You just did. Okay. Could I ask uh, three more? <laughs> Two more? <laughs> you can just uh, say, uh, I would uh, like to ask a question. Okay. Here, here's what I'm going to ask is uh, Did anybody else think? During yes. the Atlantean scene, how long did it take you to figure out that they were actually speaking and not calling dolphins to help? What when they were like, "Hey, dolphins, get over here!" <laughs> <laughs> when they were doing their sonar talk, I I didn't think they were talking. I think dolphins. I thought dolphins were coming to like help in the fight. 
I, no, I, I straight up thought that was them calling to one another. Yeah. yeah I, thought, I, to were, one another. I was like, oh my God, are we going to have a fishy battle? Yep. I, I was, I I thought it was uh, uh, rejected footage from the uh, live song When Dolphins Cry that they used for the movie The Beach. I thought that's what it was. Were they but, calling Dolph Lundgren? Uh, no, <laughs> different dolphin. Oh, okay. Either way, he break you. <laughs> What's your middle name? Oh, my middle name is E. <laughs> uh, to pronounce so, that correctly, we'd have to remove your tongue. <laughs> a trillion cosmoses would flare into existence and burn out before you had time to pronounce but one letter of my true name. Um, so let's uh, let's kind of wrap this up because we are uh, just about two hours. Uh, Ashes, you have uh, so, so a it's new a, battle. It's a battle. Wait, week wait. On Throwdown Thursday, if we're play. Oh, I don't have the. It's time for a battle. We've had that song for like two years and you don't know the words. I thought that uh, Enchanted Exile was in, in the studio here with me for a moment. And, you know, it's like. What now, Steve Van Sampson? You know, it's it's kind of like that thing at South Park when the kids are trying to make the band. Is everything okay in here? Yeah, Dad, we're just uh, practicing for our band. Oh, I thought a group of Vietnamese people were getting their intestines pulled out through their mouth. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we do have a new battle to throw down this week. So if you'll bear with me, this new battle is called Weeding out the Snyder Cut. Which director has the guts to best the other in more ways than one? It is hand-to-hand -hand combat. The sandbox is the WWF Hell in a Cell. So think like back to the Undertaker Mankind days. Yeah. My God, he's broken Joss Whedon in half. <laughs> Special guest referee, Patty Jenkins. And of course, we have Zack Snyder versus Joss Whedon. I think they should each have somebody in their corner. So Zack Snyder in his corner has Jess Snyder and Joss Whedon has Joss Stone. <laughs> Are you suggesting that Wonder Woman 84 is a better movie than the Joss Whedon Justice League? No, I might... Wonder Woman is. No. Okay, but not Wonder Woman 84, right? No. Yeah, well, I mean, a better film than Justice League? The no. Justice League? No. Uh, yes. I don't nope. think yes. so. Not, sorry. I, I disagree. And everybody has their opinion. That's totally fine. I mean, I didn't I didn't love Wonder Woman 84, but I didn't hate it at the same time. Yeah, but I, I didn't. I have, I have feelings. Yeah, there was, it was 50-50. Um, but... The first one that they did, oh my goodness, it was one of the best Wonder ones. Wonder Woman, ever. yeah, very was, great. You know, one of the better things I've ever seen ever in the theater. Um, so you know, I, I, I think that that, uh, and because there's also going to be another standalone Wonder Woman film, I think that Patty Jenkins is going to take into consideration, um, the feedback that she's been given from Wonder Woman 84 
Um, you know, I, I, I think it's going to be different. There's hoping. Yes. Man, I gotta tell you, I love Wonder Woman. I love that first movie. Yeah. I absolutely adored that movie. Gal Gadot blew me away. No lie. That was outstanding. And I watched Wonder Woman 84 and what was the fuck? My like, heart come said, on. Like yeah. I, I watched it and I was so excited to to see it. Um, I would have loved if she just like grabbed his head and crushed it and it exploded like the mountain versus the viper. Know, I <laughs> more out of Cheetah. I expected more out of. Oh, Wonder Woman. I gotta, I gotta tell you, hey, Kristen Wiig as, as Barbara Minerva in this movie I, I, drove me absolutely bonkers. Yeah. I was, I am so fucking sick and tired of this weird ass trope. In Hollywood superhero movies, where like the nerdy guy or gal with glasses and drops their papers, and it's the protagonist that stops to help them for a second ends up being the fucking villain. Like, we get it. We've seen it happen so many times. It was Barbara Minerva in this. I mean, Poison Ivy. Poison Ivy, Pamela Isley, and Batman and Robin. It was yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer and Batman Pfeiffer. Returns. I mean, come on. Jamie we Fox get it. Guy Pierce and Iron Man 3. Here's the, yep. here's the thing. You know, Guy Pierce uh, and Iron Man 3, yes. And Uma Thurman did it better than... What's her... Why am I... Kristen Wiig. Kristen Wiig. Kristen Wiig just like played the same friggin' character she always does, man. Holy I'm like so unimpressed. Man. It was... <laughs> boo. And and you know the whole uh, Steve Trevor thing was just creepy, and <laughs> I, I, you know it, it it went into like whole like uh, body horror territory, and and, and you know. <laughs> Can I just say, let me let me? I just want to ask this. I'm just just for funsies because uh, since it's brought up, mm-hmm. what do you think about the show Quantum Leap? I love it. Yeah, I. It's a good concept, but I am I feel bad for Sam every time, mainly because like, you know, they did that kind of background thing, uh, the parody on Robot Chicken. Uh, yeah, Sam, Ziggy says if you want to leap, you got to work the shaft. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just saying like we've seen plenty of like weird stories where somebody's taking over somebody else's body and like doing shit with it that they didn't necessarily give permission for. It's uh, but it's generally the- not a superhero. And that like, is true. Uh, is, I'm not defending. I'm not defending it. it. I'm not Millie defending it. Knowing that it, it was a totally different person's body, like she knew that. Most of the people in Quantum Leap, they don't know. That's that. true. Oh, yeah, that, that's a good yeah. point. That is a good point. Yeah. I'm, like I said, I'm just, I'm just asking for fun. I'm like fucking around. I'm yeah, like, no, I know. <laughs> I, like, I don't give a shit. Like, it's cool. Like, you're absolutely right. It was fucking weird in Wonder Woman. Like, I get it. I agree. Fucking weird. But like, it, hey, is it? What, what about this? Just, just it's for not, fun. It's not new. It's not yeah, new. It's not exactly like we've seen some fucked up shit before. Yeah. Like, right, but it, it doesn't feel right when it's. Involving Wonder Woman's character. I I agree. No, I completely agree. Weirdo, man. (laughs) That's what Ziggy says. Yeah. (laughs) So so putting that scene aside or or that aspect of it, um, do you think the movie would have been a lot better if they scored it better with actual 80s music? 
probably. But how did they not? Like, why would it, why would I don't understand the back to eighty four if they didn't do anything with it? it was other a than that, of montage with them in the closet. <laughs> that was really the only freaking thing they did, and I don't understand. Like, I was can I just say I was really hyped for this movie because one, I was born in eighty four. Mm -hmm. Two, Wonder Woman is my ultimate favorite like superhero, and um, three, like I learned how to read off of a book and cassette like matchup of literally a wonder woman origin story that was her and che the cheetah and everything and so i was like this movie's made for me so when it came out i watched it and i was hyped and it was a letdown at every single turn it was super tropey it was cringy it was just it was boring and then like at the at the whole end was just it was uh, like the most done superhero type thing like from the girl picking up the papers to like you know oh everyone can hear me we're all gonna you know i'm gonna turn the villain i'm so sick of people turning the villain like can, like they're a villain for a reason can someone have the balls to stick to like their gumption and what they're going to do like it's just, it's just everything is so <laughs> all the time. Throw a pen! He had no consequences at the end. Like, there was zero consequences. And the fact that they used Maxwell Lord, the guy who killed Ted Cord, the Blue Beetle, my favorite hero, and, like, his big moment in the sun is that Wonder Woman snaps his neck on national television in front of everyone, and they don't use it. Nope. Ridiculous. How do they not? So yeah, no, there's it's a movie totally without balls, and that bothers me. I like. I will say I like the Themyscira scenes in Wonder Woman eighty four. I thought they were great. Yeah, that was the only thing that you could take out of there that were great. That was really <laughs> the was really promising, and then the whole beginning uh, with the mall scene was really promising. And they then had it Robin Sparkle singing "Let's Go to the Mall Today." Today. <laughs> You know, and then it was just all downhill from there. And, you know, it, it broke my heart that it, this was the same Patty Jenkins that gave us the first Wonder Woman film. This is Gal Gadot. You know, we've we've learned to expect so much more from her at this point. Um, you know, it, it just kind of snowballed into this thing that I didn't even recognize anymore. You know, I, I just... It, Wonder Woman would have never... You know, uh, I miss my boyfriend. I wish my boyfriend would come back. Like, that's just not her. Nope. You know, I, I love this man. We had this past. I still wear his watch. You know, I, I value and respect the time that we had, but I've moved on. That's Wonder Woman. You know what I mean? But like this this woman who's still hung up how many years later? How many decades later? On this 70 guy, years later. I miss Steve Trevor. Oh, I miss Steve Trevor. Oh, I, I loved this guy once, but you know, it's just uh, I loved him because we spent like a out. couple of days together. You know, like it just, it just doesn't exactly. feel authentic to the character to me. Well, where's the lady that was in the boat with Steve Trevor saying like, oh, you don't, you know, learn about pleasure. You have to be married for that. Like, Where's that, like, Wonder Woman? Please and thank you. Oh, you should see our place. We have the orgy pile. Like, it's always <laughs> populated. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, she studied all, what, 12 volumes of, uh, what was it? One thing I want to say is like I absolutely did love Wonder Woman. I thought that it was a wonderful movie, but my my issue was with how they had her handle Steve Trevor's death at the end, like, and just 
it's like, oh, okay. So this guy that I've known for X amount of time, yes, he was important to her in, you know, getting her situated throughout this whole journey and whatever, but she like should not have been so hung up over the fact that he died. Like she was born a warrior. Like death is, especially death in battle. Like he he did what he was supposed to do. And when he died, he died doing something heroic. So she would have been honoring his memory and her way as an Amazon to continue to go on with her life, like in every way, you know, not just lingering on for him for like, what was it like 50, 60 years at that point? And World War One was what nineteen seventeen. This is nineteen eighty four, so sixty seven years, almost seven decades. And it's a, it's in sh- such sharp contrast to what we saw with like the Zack Snyder's Justice League. Hey, a plane is a plane. You can with, fly anything. With a with how, how she was, how she matter. regarded like the memory of Steve. You know how she mm-hmm. mentioned it or brought it up at all, and it was in a very organic way, and it really didn't like draw attention to itself in any overbearing way yeah uh, it, you know it was very subtle and, and it worked yeah she didn't even talk about who she lost it's just like oh yeah i yeah. lost her. like, it was it like, like, she's like you know, that shit happened so <laughs> yeah oh well steve steve trevor steve trevor of the air force remember him <laughs> let me tell you about it uh, but this is probably a good place to kind of uh to kind of wind things down because we're uh we're going to be uh we could we could just keep going for ever and uh i'm i'm tired i've been doing stuff all day so we're gonna and i know you folks have things you want to do um i i thought you so, said we were going till 4 a.m well, everybody everybody shot me down. A filibuster everybody <laughs> shot me down on that i wanted to go for six and a half hours and jess is like absolutely not um so i well, I drank those three Red Bulls for nothing then? Oh, this is great. Oh, I did all of that. I smoked all of that crack for nothing. <laughs> uh, so let's let's go around the, uh, the, the, the stream real quick. And uh, uh, Coop, where do you like people uh, following you and where can they find your work? Uh, you can find me in the audience of uh, several great shows, uh, specifically in the audience of Throwdown Thursday on the uh, Dorkening Network. Uh, I'm an avid watcher of splash pages on the Dorkening Network and uh, an avid listener of a little show called The Old Man Wade Show. So that's where you can find me, usually listening to those shows. We got to get you on a show, like permanently. <laughs> Well, he does a lot of uh, a lot of stuff. Uh, Steven, if people listen to your show and don't know where to get me, I mean, hey, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Steven. Uh you can find me as Super Retro Throwback Reviews on the Dorkening Podcast Network. I have two shows: Super Retro Throwback Reviews, The Audio Files. That's our primary show. It comes out every Monday. And CSI The Vegas Files. That comes out every Friday. Um, season three of CSI The Vegas Files will launch this week coming up. And uh, you can find Super Retro Throwback Reviews on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, and you will find me on the Dorkening show uh, on Wednesdays. Uh, I forget the name of it. I think it's just Dorks. Uh, uh, yes. That's our main, the Dorkening. It's just the Dorkening. Dorkening. Yeah, on Wednesdays. And obviously we're part of the Dorkening Podcast Network. So who's next? Powerful Brandon. Uh, you can come on to down to uh, Powers Combined Group on Facebook. Just a bunch of comic book and movie nerds hanging out. Uh, just for everybody, just don't be a jerk. That is rule number one. It is. 
That's a great group, by the way. Yes. Yes, thank you. You call it Powco run by Bra Pow. <laughs> it's Pow, right? <laughs> uh, uh, wonderful. Should run up and like yell that at, at Dara and like snap her bra. Maybe <laughs> 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 sleeping uh, up with Otisburg. <laughs> uh, oh. Colleen, how about you? Uh, you can also find me in um, a lot of the comments and um, stuff at uh, Throwdown Thursday and mm-hmm. uh, the Loudest Sports Show um, because I am a big fan. Um, but you can also find me uh, on Malgamania, and you can also find me on regular Facebook as just Colleen uh, with spaces between the L and the between the E's. <laughs> and that's about it for me. Jess. You can find me at uh, Jess Snyder Model on Facebook or uh, Hot Wheels Modeling underscore official um, on Instagram. Hot Wheels with a Z and two T's. H-O-T-T-W-H-E-E-L-Z. Leo. Uh, Patsy. Where can people uh, follow you and, uh, you know, uh, see your exploits? Absolutely nowhere because I have nothing going on. Uh, (laughs) he, 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 He tells us stories about fighting snakes with two axes and how he, uh, granted relief to a bull as he was being dragged across the field <laughs> and and he doesn't have any exploits yep uh just google leo pond uh, you know you'll find a bunch of stuff about me but you know one of the it's big things is, it is all true mm-hmm. um i do run something called the dorkening podcast network over 30 shows on a network which is insane you guys are doing awesome work love everything that's happening uh i'm doing multiple shows a week uh with uh patsy and phil from dark discussions on mondays we do uh it's gonna be more of a creator spotlight now we have some awesome awesome stuff oh, good good gravy jeebus is like oh, some people oh yeah it, Who it, we interview today leo uh uh jeff uh what was it jeffrey Voorhees from yes. friday the 13th no um <laughs> <laughs> apparently there are people that go into his restaurant on martha's vineyard and be like hey will you sign my hockey mask mr Voorhees?" <laughs> uh but no yeah he was a uh, jeffrey Voorhees from uh jaws alex kittner yeah and uh we, I, I don't want to say too much, but we are working on some friggin' amazing guests coming up. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I guess. Is it Batman? It's tangentially tied to John Travolta. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. That makes it, I cannot put into words. So, I mean, Ash is going to be on that I one. I know what's going on because Patsy lives at my house and he has a big mouth. Um, but I, I'm so excited for some of these guests that you are in the process of. of We're going to have Albert Einstein. And yeah, I think that it's going to make sure for some fantastic shows coming up. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally. Yeah, it's it's just, yeah, we have a new PR guy and it's just, oh my God. Uh, but yeah, so uh, Monday's uh, Indie, uh, or well, it was Indie Creator Spotlight. We're still going to do that. We're still going to support Indie people, but also doing Creator Spotlight. It, yeah, it, it just depends on who's, who's coming on. If they're independent creators, then it's Indie Creator Spotlight. Yep. But if they're like Jeffrey Voorhees, then it's like Creator Spotlight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping uh, that we get my, my, my white whale. 
my white my white whale would be you want Nicolas Cage, don't you? Nick Cage. Oh, Nick Cage. Oh, oh, I thought it was gonna be uh Ray Park. No, uh, uh not not since he's, he he's uh turned out on. to be a, a fucking revenge porn scumbag. <laughs> who who did? Ray Park. Oh no, no, no. I thought uh I um Dreyfus, I thought you were talking about. <laughs> no, 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 not the revenge. Mr. Part. Collins, old Chris. For a split second, though, you were like, what? What about Richard Dreyfus? Richard <laughs> like, Dreyfus! Was it a bomb? John. Like, that went through your head. You're like, oh my god. <laughs> uh, I love that only three of us think this is funny. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, that's just that's so fucking I mean, funny to me. That's probably the title of his revenge porn, oh. Alan's old penis. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> uh, oh. Hopefully, Chevy Chase isn't in that one too. That'd be another oh, bomb. Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, Creator Spotlight Monday is uh, Tuesday is Splash Pages, the comic book club. And um, Wednesday, I uh, produce the show for and I'm on the uh, the still token with. And also we do the dorkening on Wednesday as well. So, And on Thursdays, Leo rests. Yes, I do. <laughs> Unless we have a, a someone who can't make it. on. Although we did do one movie that spanned across three different shows across two weeks. <laughs> Yeah, and the last guest was uh, Amy Carlson from Blue Bloods, which was that was awesome talking to her. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was uh, she was a lot of fun. We only had half an hour, and, and uh, she was very Im, uh, uh, she was very impressed by your uh, your French terms, right. La Pelle du Vide. Oh well, you found the French terms. Yeah, but you knew yeah. what it was. Well, I didn't know that there was a French term for the call of the void, and you. Yeah. You're like, oh, yeah, that's what it is. I'm like, yes, La Pelle du Vide. Apparently, it has no English translation, I thought. Like, for what it directly means, right? It, it, it's, uh, it's French for the Pelle du Vide. Ah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Ashes, where can people find you other than Throwdown Thursday, of course? Well, you can find me at throwdownthursdaypodcast.com. What? You don't say. Oh, yeah. You can find all of our social medias and stuff there. And if you are into sports, I am Slashes the Ice Queen on the loudest sports show every Friday. Occasionally, we have uh, Patrice Bergeron on. No, and we he's don't. Like, oh, look at me. I like to uh, nope. make a good hockey nope. with uh, that, my hockey shoes. I told you a million times he does not sound like that. I use uh, my hockey baguette to uh, <laughs> say, uh, make a score point. No, no, that does not happen. I am uh, the captain. Uh, you want to sleep on the couch tonight? Who's don't putting you? me there? <laughs> Who is going to put me on the couch? Right uh, You're going to have to get one of those hoists they use to move <laughs> the aquarium. <laughs> I'd be, that's what I would do the whole time. I'd be like, I'm sleeping. <laughs> but I'm get him out of here. Go on, underlay. Leo's thing, um, you know, just just Google Ashes von Nightmare. Some of it may be true, some of it may be not. <laughs> what, what a wild ride that might be! <laughs> it's one of those choose-your-own-adventure stories. Have fun. Did you mean how to deal with wine addiction? <laughs> 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 you just get, you get directed to the apothic website. 
are you in black? Oh. I what I'm drinking right now. Um, <laughs> it hurts. Uh, what are you implying? <laughs> this was a full bottle. <laughs> I live with you. Stop it. Yeah, you get to. <laughs> Uh, and for me, you can find me most of the same places, Louder Sports Show. <laughs> you can find him at Creator, my house. <laughs> Indie Creator Spotlight. Uh, <laughs> you can also check out uh, the Louder Sports Show Facebook group because we do raffle off uh, pretty awesome sports memorabilia. Like and... today, Colleen won a fucking uh, full-size on-field legit Steelers helmet, uh, custom. custom Steelers helmet. Wow. Uh, earlier today, we did. Uh, we closed. had I known it was going to look so fucking cool, I would have said, "Hey, maybe we should keep this." No, but I'm glad it's going yes. to Colleen because I know she's going to take very good care. Well, of it. we also earlier today we finally closed our raffle for our Magic Johnson jersey. We gave that away. Um, we did the uh, the the jersey that uh, or the the two items to help raise money for Team Wilms Bros. We raised a uh, five hundred dollars to fight pediatric cancer and sponsor uh, Team Wilms Bros over from uh, the uh, Strong-Willed Sports Memorabilia and More Group. So and they're doing the Pan Mass Challenge. So we will have a patch on their jersey from uh, all the folks who helped contribute, including Colleen. Oh, uh, we, awesome. we raffled off a signed Patriots mini helmet signed by Bill fucking Belichick. Of all people. And a Magic Johnson autographed basketball. So we we don't we don't fuck around around here, and we uh, I'm going to make this announcement now because we have uh, an item that's coming up that we're going to be raffling off to help raise some money. Uh, we have a USC Trojans helmet signed by the 1968 Heisman Trophy winner. Some folks listening to this are going to know who this is. Uh, he's still even in his old age he was able to slash and run. OJ Simpson. <laughs> Have you considered that he might be looking for that? Oh, I've heard, I've heard of him. Orenthal James Simpson. Yeah, so we'll be raffling. Uh, the guy from the Naked Guns movies? <laughs> yeah. Towering Inferno. Again, the actor. Uh, also, yeah, I was gonna. I, that was the it's joke. Was, I was gonna try it on and say, "Well, if it doesn't fit, you must quit." <laughs> but, uh, we also uh, we're also gonna be helping our friend Kaylee over uh, at uh, Kales from the Crypt. Uh, we're gonna be raffling off a a uh, a jersey. Uh, an NFL jersey, and all the proceeds are going to her to help her raise money to open her restaurant in Salem. Nice. So uh, we're helping her out, and we're going to be doing other charitable I mean, endeavors. And, and it's it's not just any restaurant in Salem. It's a horror-themed restaurant in Salem, which Salem doesn't have right now. Salem has a lot of things, which makes it super cool and totally kitsch, but... Salem does not have a horror themed restaurant. And uh Kaylee's super awesome. Uh she's been she's been in the restaurant industry for 18 years. So this isn't just like oh, I think I'm gonna have a restaurant. Like she's done everything yeah. in the industry except open her own place. And so this is a natural step. And she's been doing stuff uh, you know, similar to what we're doing. She's raffling off uh horror items. Uh, I've won a few things in there. Uh, somebody just won a, a an autographed Tim Curry Pennywise uh, uh, signed photo. Um, 
What I just won the uh, the Chris Sarandon Fright Night autograph. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some good stuff in there. Somebody won a. Uh, I met a, him. He's weird he's and awkward. Jersey signed by uh, Ari Lehman. Um, there's some cool stuff in there. There's some really awesome stuff. They did the uh, the little item, the uh, the the school worksheet signed by uh, Alex Vincent and Brad Dorif from uh, Child's Play. And everything's authenticated. Like they get their stuff from a similar place, and I get my sports memorabilia, and it's authenticated by the same places. So, uh, you know, check them out. We'll have links in the show notes uh, for everybody. Uh, some of the uh, more sinister stuff that uh, Leo has done, you might want to get set up an, your own VPN uh, before you start browsing that. So, I believe the dark web is involved. That's what I'm so, saying. You yeah. need to set, you need to set up your own VPN. Uh, just be careful. If you get a thing saying like, you know, give me $3,000 in Bitcoin or I release all your information. That's why I need the VPN. Because Leo's vindictive like that. He's like $3,000 in Bitcoin or all your baby Yoda merch. It's one of the <laughs> that, that, That's a fraction of a Bitcoin. Well, I, I asked for more. Actually, I'm, I'm actually asking for Doge now. Oh yeah, I have like yeah. oh Doge between Doge between Doge uh, Colleen and I, we 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 pulled some stuff together. We bought like twelve hundred shares worth <laughs> like forty eight dollars. I don't know. I mean, it's <laughs> definitely going up. Though, well, it's been so. going up and down, up and down, and up and down. I need Elon Musk to tweet about it every day. <laughs> True, but uh, I think that's uh, pretty much a good spot to end before we start getting into stock advice. Uh, <laughs> but. Uh, Thank you guys all for joining us and spending two and a half hours. I know it's only half of the time that we thought we were going to spend together, but uh, I think we've covered a good amount of this uh, movie. Uh, We've all provided a bunch of different opinions. Nobody's opinions are wrong. Uh, Just everybody's coming at it from a different angle. And uh, Steven, we want to, I'm just glad that, you know, I I assured Steven that no one was going to jump on him and attack him and beat him up for his views on the movie. And, you know, that's not what we do here. We embrace all different opinions. So unless you're a Trump supporter, which in that case, you're fucking wrong. Uh, So and also, fuck Joss Whedon. So I think with that being said, we We will will see you you next next Thursday. 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 Go.